On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick are going full Mando. Not Monty, you pervs, as they talk about series newcomer Sasha Banks and Katie Sackhoff. That will lead into a new rumor about Bo-Katan herself and what other Star Wars shows she may appear on in the future. The unwise scholars will then get into a beefy breakdown of the Mandalorian, The Siege, complete with more Star Wars school about Pershing, M-counts, and Force infusions. They will then drop their predictions for this week's episode of The Mandalorian, which may have a pretty freaking major character show up in it. Finally, they'll talk some new toys before diving into the fan question of the week in this week's version of the Top 5. Star Wars Fan Artist Feature Segment, which has a top one pick for Matt. Cue the music. If you remember after this one, just hit him up. Everybody, I gotta get better at that transition from the end of the intro into showing our beautiful, stupid-looking faces because it's there's a little bit of a delay, there's a little lag there, and it just makes us look unprofessional, which we all know we are. So who gives a shit? I guess in the end, it really doesn't fucking matter. The the loyalists, the fandos, they still show up regardless of how crappy our production is every Tuesday on the live version of the Star Wars Time Show. Yes, you didn't click on something wrong, my friends. If you're in here, if you're in the stream, you are with the SWTS bros. It's another Tuesday. It's another post-Mandalorian Tuesday. And as you heard from that gravelly voice, sexy announcer, it is going to be Mando-fueled. I'm talking about the show. This episode is almost all about the Mandalorian, be it characters we've seen, shit we've speculated on, shit that I nailed well over a year ago. <laughs> so yes, you're going to hear me get loud about my awesomeness and my speculative powers when it comes to the Mandalorian and some of the events we have now seen. Ah, sometimes I just got to take, take a breath, Nick, and just appreciate how good I am <laughs> at speculating on future Star Wars happenings just based on what the writers, cast, and crew give us in either trailers or episodes of old seasons of shows we love. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we were pretty, we were pretty fucking close this time around. We were pretty, pretty <laughs> close. I think well, I, yeah, uh, I we, missed we, on my big prediction. Right. I will say that. I, I yeah. said that by the end of this episode, the baby would be in the hands of the Imperial Remnant. Uh, and I was I'm not fucking like, around, Nick. I, I was getting anxious the way the episode was going, especially when we got to the lab and you're like, uh oh. And he's like, I got to get the baby. And I'm like, oh, no, Nick did it. He dude. did it. He whipped that big dick out and made that prediction. It's going to pay too, off. Dude. But I thought too, because I saw all those happen. kids and I'm like, one of these kids is going to be a fucking imperial spy. I know yeah. it. And I was wrong. Well, we all knew there was something up with that shithead at the beginning, right? Like, I mean, the camera lingered way too long on that mechanic yeah. for, for things not to be a little fishy with him. But 
fear not, we'll get there. You know, that's just a tease down the road. We got a few things to talk about before we get to our full and beefy breakdown, as the announcer described it as, of The Mandalorian S2E4, a.k.a. The Siege, directed by Dylan Apollo himself. Oh, man. My God. All right, man. Before we get there, though, a few things that I just want to bring up. We got some interesting show news, and, and I hope it pays off. I hope I'm not jinxing the show by talking about it now. Those that are in our Discord, you kind of get some of these, these insights into the show, the behind the scenes. So please join up. We got a link in our Instagram profile. It should still work in our link tree section. But join up because that's where... You know, you can get uh, some access to my dumbass and his dumbass. <laughs> well, when Mostly he feels like coming into everybody, <laughs> Nick these days, all he does on Discord is, is goes in and lights it on fire with like a fucking troll flamethrower. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm in there to kind of talk shop and and just bullshit about the franchise. But I do want to make an announcement, and I do hope this pays off. I mean, it is locked down up until now, but schedules can change. You never know what happens out there in Hollywood land. But thanks to one of our fans, Spencer, a.k.a. Barron's Black Series, who these days is essentially playing our agent. PR person. He's our (laughs) PR person. Uh, He does this in between working as a special needs teacher. Uh, but you know, he just, he kind of gets out there. He's got some balls on him and he's not afraid to ask questions. He's not afraid to be told no. Um, but I believe this happened after one of the most recent quarter crew stuntmen react videos that featured uh, one Lauren Mary Kim, who is quite a talented stunt person. I I mean, she's got, uh, let's just put it this way. She's got way more credits than stunt buddy, the guy I've been talking about. And he's got some impressive credits too. Uh, but th- th- this young lady, I- I- I'm talking AAA video games, Netflix, Marvel, fucking Star Wars, yeah. uh, Real Star animated Wars. and live action. Yeah, this this is what makes her better than Stunt Buddy just in itself. Right. Yeah, she yeah, actually she, worked on Star Wars. She you. didn't have a kid to get out of it. Thank Come you. On. Thank you. Thank you, Nick, <laughs> for clearing that up. You are right. So she has surpassed him in my eyes in terms of uh, accomplishments. But anyways... Spencer, I believe, after watching that video, took interest in uh, Lauren's career and just being the guy he is and being an SWTS fan, though. He's like, hey, would you ever talk to these two jerk offs? (laughs) And, you know, you could tell in the chat she probably had to think about. She's like, sure. Why the fuck not? Slid the email. I I then took the ball or took the reins from Spencer, if you will. I uh, reached out to her. She, I didn't hear anything. And then last week, right at the end of the show, yeah, her her publicist popped on, uh, and, and this guy Hussein's like, "Hey man, uh, hit me up when you're done." And so I, I reached out through Instagram yeah. and uh, just kind of explained who we were, what we do, how dumb we were, how low of a following we have. <laughs> I mean, I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's asses. And honestly, this is why you motherfuckers need to get us more of a following that people can see via <laughs> YouTube subscribers or Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Because when you all want me to go out and, and talk to these people, these big guests to bring on, it's a little fucking embarrassing to be like, hey, hey, we're Star Wars time show. We do like 
2,000 downloads a month for four shows. That's like 500 people. In real life, that is nothing. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't go on a fucking podcast that has that low of a following. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm a nobody. So that's why this is on you motherfuckers. If you want better guests, you better promote this bitch. Yeah. Promote the Star Wars time show. I mean, Come we're, on. We're really fucking lucky to get this girl. I mean, first off, the fact that her publicist listened to at least a part of the show and wasn't like, these people are just morons. We cannot allow <laughs> Lauren to go on the show. Exactly. That was one. And then two, I mean, the, the credits that she has, she's been in nearly every episode of The Mandalorian. Um she well, okay, she was in four episodes of The Mandalorian, so not nearly all of them, but she was in C, uh episode 11 uh chapter 11 as uh yeah. sasha banks yeah, she's she's, she's casca yeah she's, she's, casca reeves. she's casca reeves fighting she was the armorer stunt double yep. in the last episode of season one uh-huh. she did the stunt previs for the gunslinger chapter five and then yeah, she she, was, she doubled yeah. fen or uh fennec shan fennec shan yeah and then uh, she was also in uh, uh, episode four of season one. Oh, and, and by the way, she's fucking Ahsoka Tano in yeah. the Siege of Mandalore fighting Darth Maul. Okay. Yeah. So, so <laughs> there you go. That That is the caliber of guests that I have locked down. Uh, hopefully she's going to come on the show December 29th. Uh, it is not going to be live she did not want to do a live stream and i do not blame her yeah i, I don't like you people that. either i just let you in here to hang out with us uh so i will be doing it uh, separately before nick and i do the live stream that day uh so i'll be uh, getting up and doing it with her she's gonna be out west i'll, I'll get that lockdown recorded hopefully and then the day after when we put out the audio version only of, of the star wars time show i hope to also drop that interview so yeah. uh I mean, like I'm, i said we still need the day to come and we need her to show up i don't think she's going to purposely blow us off uh, but i could also see as it gets closer she's on a vacation she's like fuck, fuck december this. 29th i got to get up and talk to these dickheads yeah eh, oh i'm sick matt sorry what the reschedule <laughs> but, I, but uh, I don't think that's gonna happen so yeah i mean it's a it's a big it's a big get for us and i am you know really happy that somebody of her caliber would decide to come on the show. It's only going to be Matt doing the interview. Eventually, we may do like a Howard Robin style interview if we can find somebody who is more. I, I don't want to say like somebody who we're a little bit familiar with or well, somebody. Nick, who's I, I, a I actually bit more fun. that's going to be my next announcement because uh, Spencer he does he never rests. Yeah, right? he never rests. I mean, he's always trying to hustle shit for himself and get free stuff. But he's also looking out for the Star Wars time show uh, because he has a, a candidate to come on the show. And I think it would be a great one t- that, you know, your first one. And it's one of the creators from GTP Toys, uh, the people that make the space walls and uh, are, that made that Tanti for 112 scale playset that we have talked about, which, by the way, uh, if you still haven't pre-ordered yet and you've been thinking about it, please hit them up. All right. Uh, apparently they're not doing so hot on this project. And if this one doesn't hit their magic number, GTP toys is essentially dead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was, this was basically Lucasfilm, like giving them an olive branch and saying like, Hey, we will officially sponsor you for this. I know you've been doing this crap without our, our blessing (laughs) for a while, 
Um, but if this, yeah, like Matt said, if this doesn't do well, then things could be. Yeah. Rough. So I, I still need to reach out. I believe his name is, is Michael, uh, but Spencer, you know, he, he's got the ball rolling, but I, I think that'd be a good one to just have on the regular star Wars time show. Uh, maybe I, I might have to build a new OBS setup, but just bring him in for a segment. And then, you know, we'll, when he's done, we'll just kick him off the screen yeah. and Nick and I will continue on. But uh, yeah, I, I went Nick in, in some of these too. It's just some of these ones where, you know, we're dealing with, uh, I guess we could say celebrity at this point or that, you know, that have the, 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 the Hollywood cred, for now, I'm going to handle those. It's it's nothing to do with Nick. It's just scheduling and getting them done is really the biggest issue. It's it's easier to work with two people on a schedule versus myself, Nick, and the interviewee. So uh, that's coming down the, the, the pike, and I'm pretty excited for that. I, I got to do some research for the Lauren interview, but I, I hope it's going to be great. Uh, and if you do listen to my man Stern that's kind of how I am going to do my interviews, obviously not getting in, not that he even does it anymore, but into the, the, the sexy time stuff. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's going to be kind of a breakdown of, of who she is, where she came in, came from, why she got in the stunts influences. And then obviously a lots of star Wars talk just based on her experience with the franchise. You just needed to be like, do you know, Eric, do you know my boy? Um, if you do, can you beat him up for me? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they do know each other, but yeah. I don't know how far I'm going to go into that because it just I, I never know what, what my guy does out there in the wild. So sometimes, yeah, he's an asshole. I hate him. Well, the stunt community, at least what I've been exposed to, they're like the mafia out there in Hollywood. Oh, they, they literally have gangs. Uh, my buddy, he initially was in Action Factory. And then he dropped out of that. There's Thousand Pounds. There's like the Wolf Pack. I'm not kidding. Like in, in these stunt gangs, if their members get on a, a project, they essentially will only bring in other members. Uh, and that's kind of how things work. And it really, that that's probably why Lauren has had a lot of jobs on The Mandalorian. And if my buddy didn't decide to have a fucking human, <laughs> he probably would have a lot of jobs on The Mandalorian too. Because once you get in on a production, especially in the stunt scene, like I said, it's a brotherhood, sisterhood, it's a mob. You're in. Uh, yeah, so they they definitely know each other, and I'm sure something like that will come up. So uh, some good stuff coming up for the SWTS. We're growing up. We're big boys now. Uh, but let's get those numbers going. I mean, thanks to Mandalorian videos, where we finally got over 600 subscribers on YouTube, but it's embarrassing to even say that number. 600 <laughs> After two years of existence with content that I might add might not always be great because I do one takes and I don't go back and fix flubs. Not that I flub a lot. It's not the best content, but I'll tell you what, we're going to be going over two of my videos from last year at this time and they're pretty fucking pertinent today. So at least my message, my speculations are decent. So let's get those numbers up. Thousands. That's all that matters. These hundreds bullshit. It's embarrassing. Don't make me feel like a loser when I reach out to these people. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> All right. And then last thing before we get into the topics, unless Nick has anything to uh, bring up in between the week, uh, I, I just got to give a, a shout out to Visual Force on Instagram, Austin. Uh, just a very, very nice bit of feedback in our direct messages this past week. Uh, it just simply says like, you know what, Matt is like, 
as soon as I'm done watching a new episode of The Mandalorian, I immediately come to Instagram to watch your Easter egg video. And we all know how much I love having, <laughs> you know, my tank tickled. That stuff goes further than cash. It always will. Just, you know, telling me that all my efforts aren't for naught because that's that's what I feel like. I mean, videos barely do 100 views. But from someone in the community to, to take the time to be like, listen, dude, I really appreciate your content. You do a lot for the community. We speak your name. And I'm like, well, thanks. It's nice to hear that every once in a while. Because I've heard that Nick and I do a ton for the community. I'm just I'm still waiting for the community to do something for us. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Let's fucking go. No more 600 subs on YouTube. Do something about it. What do you want me to do? I already put out the shitty videos. Come on. Please. Please. <laughs> Please. Please. Uh, no, just keep talking it up. I mean, those of you in the Discord, try, I, I know you are, the, you are our ambassadors. You are trying to recruit people. You're holding guns to their head. You're making them listen to it at your place of work. We, we appreciate that. But two, two years in, 138 episodes, I feel like Nick and I deserve way more than fucking 600 subs on YouTube, way more than 15 concurrent views on our live stream. This is what people look at, all right? I feel like a loser for it. Nick doesn't. He's not like me. He's not the narcissist. But I'm telling you, if you want better guests on the show, it's very hard to reach out to them and go... You want to talk to us? No one listens to us, but yeah. do you want to talk to us? Like if we re reached out to Dave Filoni, he would be like, <laughs> get the fuck that's what he would do. That was my impression of, of Filoni. Like th that right there, what you just heard that laugh, that was him opening the email from Matt Haywood. He would have to take off his cowboy hat to cover his face, and he never takes off his cowboy hat. Oh, you know? my God. It's embarrassing. Like, I, I just, I feel like such an asshole. I really do. But hey. Uh, Laura, Lauren, Mary, Kim, hopefully 1229 with the episode dropping a day or two after working on the GTP toys interview. Uh, we got shit going on, uh, but I want, I want to do some of these interviews, but again, I don't want to do it looking like a clown. Okay. All right. Why don't you get KRT on that? That would be fun. I would love to have those guys on and challenge them to a discussion on not being a Star Wars douchebag. Right. But I, honestly, other people I would really love to have uh, the guy from Star Wars theory. I, I think he'd be fucking aces to have on the show uh, because it would expose us to his jillions of followers. Yeah. And I actually respect the man because of what he creates and does. All right. Uh, Star Wars Explained, that's another Star Wars YouTuber I respect and would like to have on the show. Uh, so we'll, we'll start working on that, but I don't want to feel like such a, a small potatoes piece of shit moving forward. And there's really not much more I can do outside of buying subscribers, and if I could, I would, <laughs> but I can't. Yes. So I have to sit here and beg like a little bitch every Tuesday. <laughs> All right. Nick, anything to update us on, or should we get right to the let's, Star Wars talk? Let's get, let's get to it. I mean, we got a ton of Mando content this week. A couple of interviews to talk about with some of the big people from the previous episode of The Mandalorian, The Heiress. Um, so I think we just jump right into it. All right, man. Well, uh, you kind of took the lead on some of these interviews with these new women of Star Wars, lovely women of Star Wars, and uh, Mercedes Varnados, a.k.a. Sasha Banks or Varnado, I'm sorry, and uh, Katie Sackoff. Yep. Uh, but first one here, Sasha just kind of sat down and, and chatted about 
the Mandalorian experience, how she got into it. It's kind of an interesting story. I mean, obviously nothing <clears throat> that happens to us schlubs, but if you're on WWE, this type of stuff can happen, right, Nick? Exactly. So the interesting thing about her whole process for getting into the Mandalorian is, is really how she got the, the part. A lot of people have to go through auditions and you have to go through multiple auditions, callbacks, all this different shit to try to get a part, especially on a show like The Mandalorian, where people are vying to get in. They're like, please put me in this fucking show. But for, for Sasha... I, I mean, Nick, at this point, I'm speaking for myself, I would voluntarily cut off my testicles to be on the show. I mean, it, was, it would be in a high, you know, a high offer. You testicles, know, I, I, a finger. I, I, I want to keep my toes because I think you need most of those to stand to, to up balance. straight. Yeah, yeah. To balance properly. But, but I, I, think I would, you could get I would rid give of up a finger. Toe. I'd give up a finger and definitely yeah. a couple balls. I don't need my balls anymore. Fuck them. Yeah, I know, right? You already got one kid. You don't want another <laughs> one, right? What's the point? Uh, yeah, I mean, my DNA is poison anyways, and I can already see it in her. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, Nick. I should I should spare the, the this earth <laughs> any more Haywood DNA Project. from my line of the Haywood. No more. But uh, for, for Sasha, for Mercedes, really, it wasn't even the WWE that got her this role. It was an interview that she did on Hot Ones. And if you are familiar with that, it's a show. It started off as like a YouTube series, and now it's, it's on Hulu. And honestly, um, Nick, we talked about this before. <laughs> I, I've, I've heard of this show, but the name wasn't correlating for me. And I was like, oh, so Favreau's a perv like the rest of this guy. Yeah, Matt thought it was like, a, guys, like a bikini show. Yeah, and he's watching like a diva on Hot Ones yeah. or something. He's like, oh, she looks good. I'm going to call her to be in my, in my show. Now, Hot Ones is a show where they, <laughs> uh, they line up people, they line up these celebrities, and they give them 10 spicy chicken wings. And the chicken wings get hotter and hotter as you go along. No, and you now. just go through an interview process. They ask questions, all this stuff. It's actually pretty fun. So Favreau saw her on Hot Ones and was like, I want That's her. That's a hot in my one. Show. Yeah. I want her in my show. Um, so that was really interesting that she just didn't, she didn't have to audition. It wasn't her wrestling. It was an interview on Hot Ones that got her the part. Um, and, you know, they, they talked a lot about, how this compared to stepping into the ring for the first time and everything like that. So I'll, I will read you that real, real quick before that, Nick, how do you like, I mean, she almost ran into a situation that my buddy had oh, where yeah. she wasn't even sure if she was going to be able to commit to the Mandalorian yeah. because of her wrestling schedule. WWE, you travel a lot. I mean, basically WWE is a road show. It's like a circus. Oh, it's like a circus. I, I, I would imagine someone like her is probably on the road 320 out of 365. So yeah. Now I guess, I guess it depends on how big of a star Wars fan she was or like how much she wants to get into acting. Uh, because you got to wonder, like, if it wasn't going to work out, would she have bailed on wrestling to dabble into something as big as Star Wars? I think for, I mean, for somebody like her, I don't know if she had any other acting projects before, or if she was just, you know, WWE Sasha Banks. Right. But I feel like for WWE people, the goal is to, like, make that jump, is to, like, get that superstardom level, like The Rock or Cena or Bautista, and then you make that jump into acting and then you don't right. have to worry about getting fucking yeah. beat up every week. And they, they still come back and like getting beat up. Cause I, I don't think any of them can get it out of their system. I mean, yeah. the, the rock makes like a trillion dollars. 
He's the most famous guy on the planet, yet he'll still come in and do some bumps every once in a while just yeah. to fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a part of their DNA it, at it that really point. Is. It really is. Once you get is. into it. Uh, so I would imagine that she would have gave up the, you know, skipped whatever she was doing for WWE and been like, dude, I'm Mando. I, I gotta yeah, do it. I would, I would think so. I mean, and it's tough because as you said, there's only a few names that make the transition and do it right and don't end up in just nonstop direct to stream or, or BC type of movies. Yeah. I mean, even uh, mega stars from WWE, like Triple H, Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin, yeah, like they, all they, these... they didn't make it. They, yeah. yeah. Kane, I think Kane tried. Undertaker might have yeah. tried. They, they, they didn't quite make it like Roxena and, and, and Batista. Yeah, it's just it's it's really hard to make that transition. You have to have not only the physical, you know, presence that all of these people command, but you have to be able to act. And that's one thing that not a lot of these dudes can do. Like, yeah, it's different when you're acting in a ring and you don't really have to talk all that much. But when you get on a screen and you're completely focused on your performance and you're mostly you talking and you're you know, your, your ambiance on the, on the stage, it's, it's different. It's a different kind of thing. So, um, I'm glad to see that she made that transition or she's starting to make that transition. It seems like Casca Reeves is going to be a character that could I, pop I hope up so. again. I fucking hope so. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, again, like she didn't have all that many lines in this episode, but she got more than, than Axe, Axe did, did that, that Simon Casanitas character. Yeah, and so. I think that he's like an actual actor too. Yes. Simon, no. Yeah, totally. He Simon's, is. You know, he's, he's kind of been around Hollywood. See, the one thing I'm going to ask Lauren, was she the one that did the flying leg kick on the sail Ooh, barge fight? Or was it. that Sasha, the wrestler? I know. See? Cause it, like, that's an interesting one because there are a lot of, stunts that she could probably do herself exactly exactly but they had to bring in a, in a double mm -hmm. so she didn't want to do them all maybe she's like uh maybe she's like the uh like the the other guy to latif where she's just like a gun girl like she's just good with guns yeah yeah i mean i, I don't know but like i said i'm pretty sure lauren's gonna have a gig with mando for well, its run yeah. yeah yeah so um but on to the next question that I asked to Mercedes, it was based around like what, how, what was the comparison between, you know, stepping on the Mandalorian set for the first time and then, and then getting in the ring for the first time. And, and I this love is, the quote from John here at the end is great. Yeah. It says, this is uh this is her response. She says it was beyond, not beyond something. It was just beyond uh, just like the first time ever seeing a wrestling ring. It's like the first time ever seeing anything just so magical. I would hate to ruin it like how it looked backstage, but you felt like you were in a different galaxy in a different world, which is kind of, you know, that's because of the volume, like the volume you're in that. Yeah, and we've heard that now, even from pro actors, I believe Kenobi, or yeah, Kenobi, yeah. Kenobi. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ewan. <laughs> My man Ewan specifically said like i'm i'm getting jazzed for this because it's not going to be a a circle jerk like the prequels were exactly. I, i'm actually going to see shit and be able to act off of real environments and and real props and locations so on and so yeah. forth uh she goes on she says it was so almost easy to play a mandalorian because i was legit in the universe yeah. and you know john favreau and dave filoni and bryce howard they were so amazing towards me. Any questions I had because I was so incredibly shy and nervous, which is so weird to think about her being shy and right. nervous, like right. this, this massive personality 
in the I, WWE. I can see nerves. I mean, all humans are going to have nerves, but someone that literally uh, has worn a bikini and beat the shit out of other women <laughs> live with no no safety nets. I'm talking safety nets for acting, the performance, and her safety. Yeah. For for years now, but you just you never know, man. You, you never know what it's like to walk into a Star Wars set. Yeah. So she said that th- that they answered her, you know, happily. Uh, she said, but John reminded me, uh, you do WWE every single week and you do that live. You are amazing. <laughs> There's a reason why I wanted you to be a part yeah. of the show. Um, so she said that really made her feel and that, like that's home. what a good showrunner, a good yeah. director does. I mean, that's something I think George probably lacked how to talk to the actors, how to get them to perform uh, the way he wanted to or the way he envisioned it in his head. But yeah. I mean, we, we all you, know John, not that he directed, but it sounds like he's pretty much a part of every episode. Very, he, very hands he, he wrote them for the most part. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird, too, because you can kind of see that stiffness and that uncomfortability in the prequel trilogy. Everybody felt so. No, nobody felt like right. they were having fun or nobody. I mean, felt Nick, like, they, they were acting on nothing but green backgrounds and drab floor space yeah with other actors that weren't really given any direction outside of just read the lines yeah and look (laughs) i feel like that's why i mean if you go back and you look at that prequel trilogy there are some stars in that motherfucker like yeah regardless of what hayden has done since at the time he was an up globe nominee golden Golden globe all this other stuff Natalie Portman, Ewan McGregor, Oscar winner. Yeah. I mean, Oscar nominee, Christopher, (laughs) you know, uh, Oh God. Why is his name? Lee Lee. Yeah. Christopher Lee, legendary actor. And then Ian, like he basically hired all these people to, to to act in the prequel trilogy. So he didn't have to do anything. He's like, well, I got a bunch of people who I don't even need to give direction to. No, they'll figure it out. They're (laughs) professionals. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's Uh, like, George's like, Hey, um, that's, that's not my job. I'm the director. Yeah. So now you can see that Mando is really trying to build a family type of environment, really bring in people who haven't who haven't really acted that much before. Even Gina Carano. Yeah, she was in Deadpool, but she didn't really do much like taking these people who have the like who have something, some sort of, you know, ability to them and then bringing them into the Mando and turning them into actors and actresses that can perform on the big stage. That's, that's something special. Um, yeah, that's good stuff. The, the, the last thing here, I think it just speaks volumes about who Bryce is as a director, which yeah. obviously she learned firsthand through her father. Uh, I, I don't know. I it just, it, it, I, we've seen a lot of positive buzz about Bryce's work on this series. I mean, last season, and I think this se- season, even more so with uh, episode three, uh, but just just listen to what what Sasha's saying here about it's almost like Bryce became uh, a mentor, a friend, a, a mother like figure. I don't yeah. I mean, I don't and that might be too far, but it just sounds like Bryce is someone fa- that's fantastic to work with, knows her shit, knows how to deal with the actors. And, and we're going to, I think, uh, hear more about Bryce and how she worked with Katie in, in the next topic here. Uh, it just sounds like the apple doesn't fall too far from the Howard tree. Yeah. Uh, she can act just like her daddy could act. And now it seems she can also uh, direct a production in a massive franchise and do it well. Yeah. So this is what um, Mercedes had to say about Bryce. She said she really, really guided me and really took me by the hand because like I said, I was so nervous. She texted me 
make sure I was all good. Um, she walked me through everything. If I had any questions, she was there for me. It was, uh, so it was so special to see. And I was really, I was just really inspired by her and how she treated everybody. She's so down to earth. I brought a lot of her energy into my work because of how incredibly she treated me. And as you see, she gets, she's getting so much praise for her work because she is just so special. I mean, it's, it's rare to see a director like that. Oftentimes you hear about directors actually being the opposite of that, where they're like, they don't really want to interact with their actors outside of... It's weird. It's almost like females are better at dealing with humans, humans. in general. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those weird things. Yeah, it's like you're so used to hearing like fucking <laughs> shit about Michael Bay or shit about, you know, all of these other like high-powered yeah, directors. assholes. Where yeah, all they do is yell, scream, and complain. Yeah. And, and here we, we get the female take on it when they're actually compassionate and try to help their people versus just screaming at them and trying to coax a performance that way yeah so it was, it's funny because you know women they always get the rap like oh my god how could they do anything important because they get periods it's like <laughs> what are you talking like have you seen what's been going on in this administration and some of the men and the way they throw tantrums on fucking twitter and shit and like nick said in in the movie space uh, hell, I, I mean, I, I know he wasn't a director, but just just look up Christian Bale's outbursts on the well, set. Ter- Terminator I mean, it's Salvation. Like, yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Yo! You're what in my the fucking fuck? life! I mean, unbelievable behavior. So, I don't know. I mean, and none he was of this working stuff about- with Bryce Dallas Howard on yeah, that probably, scene. Probably. <laughs> so, so, Bryce was probably like, chill the fuck out, dude. Like, Nothing surprises me when you hear all this bubbly stuff said about Bryce Dallas Howard. I, I just envision the Howard family as being genuinely good down-to-earth people yes they're they're american royalty in terms of how much they made and how much they've been on the big screen and the small screen because we worship actors and actresses here um but i actually think there there's someone you could roll in you're driving along your car fucking breaks down you could roll up to their home and they invite you in for the weekend and then pay to fix your car yeah i think so too i think that's an app all right man so uh i think you also covered the uh, katie sackoff interview and this was talking to starwars.com right yes Um, this was directly on starwars.com and it was a long one Uh, i know i kind of asked you to kind of pick it apart and find some of the better quotes yeah i picked Uh, out like three or four quotes one does talk about bryce one talks about kind of the 20 plus years of change for Bo. Right. And then uh, the other two are, are kind of Katie, her, like, you know, what she does, how she brought the energy of Bo from the ADR booth to the live action screen. Um, so really, the first one kind of touches <laughs> that on... live stream, we just got Gingers with Soul in describing the Howards. And I think that's... Gingers that with a, Souls, that's a good Yeah, that's, that's perfect there. there we good go. job. And Big Amish, yes, there's, there's no problem and wanting to donate some of your body parts to be a part of Star Wars. I established that earlier. I'm ready to give up some testicles (laughs) and fingers. Yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So um, this first one actually touches on something that we talked about last week. Uh, We we assumed that, you know, basically going from being Bo-Katan in two animated series to being Bo-Katan in live action probably was pretty easy. Did an action figure new bring this up? that he he found that he it, it seemed like Katie was over enunciating 
Yeah, like her her, her and, and she, face was she, very deliberate. Right, and she kind of describes right here, like, yeah, that's she was almost trying to voice act the live action version of Bo. Yeah, so this is what she said about the transition. She says, I think the main thing is I truly thought ha- that having voiced her for over a decade would help me, and it actually sort of hurt a little bit in the beginning. Well, it gave me a tremendous understanding for who she was as a person. It didn't help me figure out her physicality. It didn't help me figure out the way her face moved or the way she walked. I had seen the way she moved, but it was in, uh, it was in animation. And so to translate that in a way that didn't look cartoonish was actually harder than I thought it would be. Um, so we never really think about that. Like you're so used to just sitting in a booth and giving life to the character through your voice that matching the voice to the actual physical presence and the motion of the character can sometimes be a little disorienting. Um, and like and like you said, Matt, and like action figure noob said, uh, noob said, you when you're in an ADR booth, like you're doing things yourself just to hype yourself up to get yourself in the mood that that the character's supposed to be in. So sometimes these like outlandish movements or these big facial expressions that you're doing in the booth don't necessarily translate over to the personality of the character. It just helps you give life to the the lines yeah. that you're saying. Uh, I mean, you guys should see my stupid face when I record those horrendous intros. Like this <laughs> this week, Nick, you have to listen to it. I, I I committed the whole time to talking like this, and you can even see me right now in the live stream. Like my eyes automatically get real wide, and, and like I'm bounce I, I bounce up and down anyways. Like I already have fucking Parkinson's disease, but I really get going when I'm talking. I'm sure those that have watched the live stream notice. But yeah, you do. When I'm sitting here reading my scripts. Because I, I, this is about as animated as you'll ever get in Matt Haywood. For the most part, I'm like, uh, I'm basically, I don't talk. I really don't. This is the most active animated you'll ever see me if I'm not delivering a, a lecture for my real job. Otherwise, I'm pretty fucking docile, <laughs> if you will, unless I'm angry Mellow. at my toys or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty quiet, but... Anytime I'm reading one of my scripts or doing my egg videos, I have to try to drum it up and add some inflection to your voice and really get into it because that's what we've been trained to listen to when we hear anything on TV or the radio. Yeah, I mean, that's the hardest part about doing this podcast. I'm usually pretty fucking monotone and I feel like I'm still pretty monotone on the podcast. So putting inflection in my voice is difficult. Um, yeah, and that's a lot only... of times why I'm yelling and shit. Yeah. It's just to change up my <laughs> delivery, which is usually like this because I don't like talking to people in general. So I just want to get the fuck away from them. Yeah. And, and I can only imagine what it's like when you're in a booth, when you are tasked with taking on this character. Basically, all you see is like you see what's happening in the animation above you, or sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't even see the animation. They literally just tell you, like, okay. In this scene, your character is walking down a hallway and somebody jumps out from the side and you're about to start a fight. And, and you have to take that, those words, and then turn that into a voice acting presence that portrays or conveys right. everything that's happening there. It's very or, difficult. Or imagine voice acting a scene, an action scene where the character is running on screen, but yeah. your fat ass is just sitting there. I mean, you have to be like, have you, go look up Hugh Jackman doing uh, some ADR 
for Logan, the the wood chase. He's like in a room, just sitting there, going <laughs> like running back and forth, going like ah, yeah. ah, ah. It's just fucking amazing. It's, There's going to be some good video on today's live stream. By the way, my dumb ass. It's crazy, and that's kind of what Katie said too talking about the quirks and everything that she used to do in the ADR booth. This was her quote there. She said, uh, I'm a crazy person. I'm moving. I'm jumping around. My face is doing all these weird things. There's a stoicism to Bo-Katan that is very purposeful and intentional. When she moves, she means to do it. It's thought out. So I really had to find a way of living her and having her move in a way that felt calculated, which did not allow for crazy Katie to come into play at all. So like you were saying, when you're in that booth, you you have to have this this kind of, you know, uh, kinetic energy about you that you that you take on to, to make all this seem real, even though it's all animated. And when you're doing it in live action and you're portraying this character in a way that that you can't let out that energy, it's, it's completely different. So the so the transition from the booth to the screen seems like it was a little bit harder than we initially thought it would be. Yeah, and hey, Tones in the chat, yes, I did knife a table, but I did I did add the caveat that I only get crazy when I'm doing my toy stuff, right? Okay, so for the most part, all right, if I'm doing any of my hobbies, because even video games get me a little crazy, that's why I put them on easy for the most part. But outside of that... Matt I'm as peaceful away. as a fucking monk. Yeah. I am essentially, you can call me Brother Matt. <laughs> Matt has stepped away from multiplayer gaming, like like uh, Call of Duty online well, stuff. I mean, <laughs> who wants to take it up the ass nonstop? I mean, that's not my idea of a fun time. So I, I just play single player games and put them on dopey difficulty. Yeah. Um, Yo, SW Props, what up? Hello, hello. Welcome to the stream. A couple more quotes here from Katie. Um, first one being... Kind of on the journey of, of Bo, um, where we first met her in Clone Wars and to where she is now in The Mandalorian. Um, so she says, you've seen her grow up and grow as an individual and as a leader. A lot of people forget in the beginning of Clone Wars, which is not required viewing for The Mandalorian, but certainly deepens the backstory. It is for, for you cocksuckers yeah. that listen to the show after you I gave better, you Bo-Katan school last week. Yeah, you, you better fucking watch it. Uh, <laughs> gives you the backstory of Lady Kree's and the Mandalorian, and the Mandalorian culture. She was not a very good person when we first met her. And that's what we talked about a lot last last uh, last episode of the show. She's uh, an she, asshole. Yeah. She says, for a person who started out on the wrong side of this fight and to see her grow and broaden her mind and be open to change is such a metaphor for life and forgiveness and how people can change because she did. Right. Do you uh, like how she refers to her as Lady Crees? I know, right? Because she's technically not... She is- I mean, right now, by birthright, she is. Right. But, like, she hasn't necessarily fully taken that mantle. I mean, at the end, you could say at the end of Rebels was the closest she got. She's got the saber. She's got the blessing of the Ren clan. Of course. You know. And that's all the content we're missing, and we hopefully get exposed either through a leak we're going to talk about later or flashbacks from the Mando, because... That is the period we know nothing about. At some point in time, Bo's mission to reunite the clans of Mandalore with the Darksaber failed miserably. Yeah, it's something happened. Miserably. Something went wrong. So bad that Mandos had to scatter. The, the nutjob cultists live in holes. And she's out and about trying to reclaim the Saber to fix shit again. So something... 
pretty horrendous goes down with her trying to rule. Yeah, I mean, it could be... And uh, that's probably why she's even different when we see her in episode three. I mean, you gotta understand, she... Last time we saw her in Rebels, things were kind of on the up and up. She had some hope. She was gifted the Darksaber. She was told to rule. People were ready. The Loyalists like, oh, yes, let's do it. Yep. You know, uh, Lady Crees, Lady Crees, blah, blah, blah. And she goes back to Mandalore and it just goes to shit. Yeah, something happens. I don't, something we don't know. goes to shit big time. <laughs> yeah, we don't we know. Have, we have the Great the... Purge on her watch. She loses the Darksaber to a schmo. And the Mandalorian culture is essentially further split between modern takes on their warrior ways and the nuts, such as the Children of the Watch. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, uh, we'll Brand- see. Brando just said, "I like this YouTube while driving. Shit's about to get real." All right, well, oh, no. <laughs> don't die on our accord. But if you are going to watch the show while driving, I recommend putting it on your phone turn your phone landscape and then holding it in the middle of your steering wheel like that. Yeah. Or if you have one of those little holders, <laughs> just don't, don't fucking kill yourself. Yeah. Seriously. I, I have a feeling we're going to get fucking like a wrongful death lawsuit. Yeah. Now. Uh, last quote here from Katie. And this was really just on <laughs> um, how it was working with Bryce and Mercedes and, and the crew for uh, the heiress episode. Uh, she said, what I find so empowering about being around strong women is that the strongest women are also the most humble. And I find that with Mercedes and also with Bryce, they're just so kind and so great to be around. When I first found out that she, Bryce, was directing this episode, I couldn't have been more excited. I've been a fan of her for a very long time as a performer, but then also as a director. And seeing the voice that she is developing for herself in this industry as a director and as a teacher is really important. One of the great things about Bryce is that she knows that she doesn't know everything. So not only is she there leading you and teaching you, but she's learning at the same time. And that's what makes a great leader. She's such a great director. There and you she's go. such uh, an actress yeah, director. I mean, which It's pretty much we got from Sasha too. Yeah. So, you, so you know that this isn't like collusion. <laughs> this is just honest feedback. Yeah. I mean, to have basically the newest member of the star wars universe in Casca reeves aka mercedes varnado come in and say this but then also have somebody who's worked with i mean dave filoni and probably george lucas to a degree yeah. come out and say this about about bryce she's an very, actor's very director good. that that's, that's the key word right yeah, there. Say, that is an important <laughs> thing there's a lot of people who are you know who are studio directors who right. are really more um concerned about making the studio happy or making the producers yeah, the, happy the, the maker our our beloved georgie boy he he is not what i'd call an actor's director he's just the guy yeah right he he's there he is the genius that came up with all this shit that's fine like you know, you've done enough george don't worry about trying to coach these actors okay yes next up we got a couple of rumors to hit on um, one well, sticking of them- with sticking with Bo-Katan, though, you see, when we schedule out the show, <laughs> we do try to kind of weave a narrative. Right? Yeah. We, and we're not bouncing all over the fucking place. Here. We, we try to set ourselves up for good segues, <laughs> but we just fucking suck at that. Oh, yeah. Nick, Nick just did the, the good old. I said next, next up. up. <laughs> next up. It's, yeah. you know, that or speaking of 
is going to be the yeah. My, mine, mine's a speaking <laughs> of, but but next up, it's almost like we're at a deli counter next and people up. are are taking fucking numbered tickets out, and Nick's the guy calling them out. Like, yep, number twelve, up next, fifty one, <laughs> sixty nine. Oh man, so we have a rumor here from sixty eight. From the infamous leaker community on uh, Star Wars <laughs> Leaks Reddit. And, and I, I do have to give my man a, a round of applause here. <laughs> I don't think he got what I was trying to tell him in, in Slack yesterday. I love the fact that Nick took it upon himself to put leaker in quotes when describing this, this gentleman. Because I took it as... Like, Nick doesn't even consider this guy a leak. Like, he's a quote leaker. Like, not even a real leaker. He's a leaker in quotes that, that I, is, I thought that was a nice little troll there. yeah i mean the guy's is, troll game if if you've only listened to nick on this show <laughs> you probably think i'm telling you a whopper but this guy is one of the greatest star wars trolls <laughs> i've ever seen i mean he he makes the actual trolls look bad with how good he is at like we got one of our fans lottie i mean he wrote like a fucking an essay in discord about you know us kind of poking fun at din last week and saying bo katan is the, is the queen of all mandalorians and, and bo couldn't even hold her panties and that type of stuff uh and then i told nick and he comes right in again with that fucking flamethrower he's like blah it's, it's he's fun. like din's basically a special needs person blah. <laughs> like, look man that's i will say that you know a lot of the the interactions and stuff like that in discord like the guys are talking about like toys and stuff like that so i can't really I don't want to just drop in and start spouting bullshit, but like I'll drop into the spoiler channel. I'll drop into the other ones and then I'll, I'll light some fires when I need to. Yeah. But it's like, it's fun when it's a community of people that, that we know and that we're familiar with and that listen to our content. I'm not going to go out on the internet just like as a rando and start trolling. Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not Ryan like Johnson a full on cellar like dwelling knuckle dragger that just does this to get your rocks off. You're yeah. doing it just to antagonize yeah, our, I like to, I like to poke our the, super fans. The, the yeah. fan base. Lottie was hot though. Lottie. Lottie oh my God. I mean, we, I mean, you couldn't pay me to type that much <laughs> shit on my phone into discord. I know Lottie was, he was, I love fire. it though. Like I said, I, I respect that. I, I appreciate I respect, the passion. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're not making fun of the passion. It's just, you know, Nick got some people worked up last week by shit talking Din. I mean, Tones hey, was about I, to I, I think Din is fantastic. I think, you know, Bo Katan, she's got a little more history to her now. Yeah. She probably is a little more skilled in certain areas. But if you watch my Easter egg video, I give Din a specific shout out and props over Bo-Katan based on what some things we saw him do in episode four. So yeah. everyone calm down. <laughs> we still love Din Dejaren, right? We, we don't even know his full story yet. We know he's a little goofy. We know he cheats a little bit with the rules now with his little buddy lifting up his helmet. Look but, at that. Okay. This fucking guy. He's only, he's only uh seven eighths of the way there to take off his helmet. Now. <laughs> he, we've seen part of his chin. So he's only got, you know, uh, anyways, but back to this. We got a we got a Bo Katan rumor for you. And and Jordan Mason, like I, I don't think he's as bad as the KRT guys. I know sometimes they'll kind of use him as a crutch. Like I, I think Jordan also agreed with us. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily have as big of an issue 
with this guy leaking as I do the KRT boys. And honestly, the KRT boys have disappeared from Reddit. I don't know if their minions have just stopped promoting them there or if the mods over there were finally like, All I right, think fuck that these they, guys. hopefully they just kept to their word and they're like, because they said one not time, doing if we're wrong on this, we will never post something again. Right. And they were wrong. <laughs> so Okay, good. Maybe they just fucking shut it uh, down. But but this guy, I think he's hit here, here, there. But honestly, what he's selling, Nick, isn't something that I, I would scoff at. I mean, I, I could totally see this being the case, especially knowing what we know now about the character of Bo-Katan and how she has been further immortalized in the franchise by bringing her over to live action. And I swear to God, I don't know if it was a Star Wars article. There was an article last week with Katie where she said, listen, Bo-Katan and that whole side plot is going to be huge for the future of the Mandalorian and, and future events. I don't know if that's a season or moving forward. Uh, but the, the way she said the quote, she was she was implying that uh, Bo-Katan is going to be major in terms of how the story plays out in yeah. The Mandalorian. No, I mean, it makes complete and total sense. Considering yeah, so, so a leak like this, I, I'm like, yeah, sure, it makes sense. Keep, you know, give us give us some more of the character, right? Because they're saying we're going to see Bo-Katan popping up in the Bad Batch series. Yeah. Uh, which um, timeline wise w- would allow us to see you would have to kind of get deep though like right it depends if 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 the bad batch essentially picks up right off of clone wars and, yeah, and we're they, talking then you have to get pretty far into it before you get to the point where we want to see which is post her getting the dark saber well i don't i don't think we can do that then cuz we're we're looking at almost 18 years past the end of the Clone Wars, right? Because yeah. she gets the Darksaber a right. little bit before the Battle of Yavin. I yeah, mean. exactly. So if, so if I, the- I, I, what I'm thinking, Nick, and you can go next here, is if she is in it, we're, we're going to see more of the severely broken bow because it would be directly or shortly after she enabled Maul to take over. Maul's back on... Uh, well, no, Maul would Maul would no, be vanquished at this point. It would be point. right after the siege of Mandalor. Yeah, it, it would essentially it, it would probably pick up not too long after Episode Eleven because that's the last time we see Bo. She wasn't in Twelve at all. Yep, and, and it would probably would deal with her trying to root out the rest of Maul's bullshit from Mandalore. Uh, but then you, you you could potentially also I don't think we'd see it, but this is what I envision she'd be doing. She would be probably starting her work in, in organizing Clan Krees. Uh, working with Clan Ren and some of the other not batshit crazy clans uh, to get back to some sort of normal Mandalore, albeit before the Empire takes root and starts yeah. to fuck with the clans again because of Gar Saxon Gar and Sa- his clan and what they want to do and the Vizslas is that, that and the other thing. That's what makes this interesting to see how it plays out because you don't yeah. really have all that much time before... Like from the the siege of Mandalore, where you assume that Bo Katan is now in a place to take over Mandalore, like Mandalore as the planet and stuff like that, to when Imperial reign under Gar Saxon and the Imperial Which, Super Commandos takes. I over. mean, Nick could take place immediately because yeah. just because the Clone Wars ended, all that meant was so did the Republic in the rise of the Empire begins. Exactly. So you. Uh, could, so you, I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, it, it, it could almost be directly. Yep. Gar is rolling right out of his role as being Maul's lieutenant into welcoming welcoming the the Imperials who inevitably are going to show up. 
Yeah. So it could be interesting to see, like, what is her interaction with the Bad Batch? Does she try to get in touch with them to help her overthrow the Imperial government that's now in place on Mandalore after Order 66 went off or something like that? But it it is like she has a long story, even between Clone War and the Clone Wars to where where we see her again in Rebels, like there's still a lot to cover there. Oh yeah, I mean you're, you're a decade at minimum. Yeah, and then even after that, like even after we get to Rebels, like the most important shit that is pertinent to what we're seeing in Mando now is is post Rebels, like post her right. getting the dark saber and what, having what failed. Why ran. did she fail? What what went wrong when she left Sabine in our Rebels and I believe episode one or two of season four? Yep. And where we're at now in the Mandalorian, exactly. where she's running around like a a woman possessed to build up arms for her commandos and get her fucking sword back. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, and and they really do want to lean on Bo Katan as a catalyst and as a as a storyteller that gives context to the Mandalorian, then Katie's gonna be fucking busy, <laughs> whether yeah. it's with with voiceover stuff through bad batch and then whatever comes after bad batch post she's locked in like she she's got herself a nice little payday residuals will be coming in for decades thanks to the 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 work on the mandalorian and all the animated star wars and and i do i mean i I don't see this character going anywhere fast especially where i think things are starting to to funnel here and and really Bo, we know she's made it i mean ahsoka at this point is a done deal we should be seeing her this friday they are there. There are anchor points to the animated universe and making it as legit as possible by crossing them over to live action for all you pussy ass casual fans that can't take the time or effort to watch something that isn't just your vision of what Star yeah. Wars should be. And the animated stuff. Come on, guys. But it's, it's great. I mean, it's very possible. So this I mean, I, I kind of shit on it. And as I say, with all of these leaks, like it's a leak. It's not <laughs> true until we hear it from somebody. Of who's course, actually, that's why we throw the rumor up there. We're not yeah. clickbait fucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it would kind of make sense. But it also given the timeline of the Bad Batch, it wouldn't give us the information that we need to directly tie to Mando yet. Like you would have to, like Matt said. You would have to go like 18 years forward to get to yeah, the but, uh, info. It would still be good information for the character, see yeah. more growth, see what ultimate... I know, I mean, obviously watching her sister get murdered kind of helped her snap out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you would think it probably took took a lot of time to the point where she was willing to take the Darksaber and try to do what was her right anyways, and that was lead the people of Mandalore. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all. And honestly, we, we've heard about, uh, Rebels 2, not a direct sequel, but another Rebels project that, that obviously could address, uh, some of the stuff we're talking about, or just some nice little 20, 30 second flashbacks and Mando would help with that as well. For sure. All right. Uh, our buddy Boba Fett, <clears throat> someone else who is now a Mandalorian character. <clears throat> and if you believe the rumor mills, uh, which this one I, I, I sort of do believe a little bit. It, it would make a little sense. There's always been uh, plans, per se, for Boba Fett series, this, that, and the other thing. But uh, we got uh, just some update to the rumor about the Boba Fett spinoff series. Uh, and these days, I mean, who knows? This one comes from the direct. Uh, who the fuck are they? They're like Star Wars time show light. Who knows? <laughs> uh, so take it with a huge grain of salt. 
but the things they're contributing here is that it is now going to be a prequel to the Mandalorian, which I actually prefer thinking yeah. about that way. I think that would be excellent. A little four, six episode miniseries to just fill in Boba's blanks in between becoming Sarlacc food and a nomad. Yep. Uh, so there's that. And they're also attaching Sophie Thatcher and Jordan Bolger to the project as as supporting characters. I, I will say this. I don't like that it's not going to be Tamira. I mean, if this is true, because look, we, we already know Tamira. No, I mean, he he's going to be the star. They're going to be like the supporting cast. Oh, okay. I thought that he was going to be in uh, the no, no, star. No. I, ta- it talks I, to star and it says I, for Bolger. You're probably just reading headlines like most people. Well, uh, <laughs> to star in it, yeah, but not as as the star. Okay, like just just be star. in it, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, just, they, they would just be, to be in. Look it. right here. Both are described as supporting cast members. Damn it, Nick. <laughs> Read the article. Okay, 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 okay. Um, if that's the case, yeah, I'm it all has for. to be. It has to be Tamara. Come on, I yeah, just no. saw him, and we watched the live action Dora the Explorer this weekend with the little one, and he. He plays like one of the nefarious bat, like the ha 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 type of bad guys. Nice, nice, nice. But uh, no, I'm, 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 what do we think? Do you prefer it as a prequel or yeah. do, would you prefer it be set during the events of Mando? Uh, no, definitely as a prequel because that's right. the most. Yeah, that, that's what you want to know the most. Like what the right. fuck happened to this guy? How for, for, for those of us who have followed Boba Fett's journey through old canon, through new canon now, like how the fuck did he get out the Sarlacc pit? Like, how is he standing there, standing, staring down at Din Djarin right. and fucking Cobb Vanth as they right. kill this thing? Why is he still there? Like, why is he still there? Did, did the slave one get, there? yeah, did slave one get impounded? Did someone fucking sell it on eBay? You yeah. never know. So, yeah, yeah a, I, I think the prequel idea is great. Uh, like I said, I mean, while this is one of those big wild rumor type of ideas, this is one that I totally could see happening. It's not like, oh, the Bo-Katan and fucking Cara Dune spinoff. That, that's still, even if Gina wasn't a bozo, that still makes zero sense to me. Like, it, it, it yeah, makes it my brain hurt. It, it just makes no sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know how you would link those characters of Rebel Shock Trooper, who's, who, whose big fight was on Endor, and like I'm sure she was in the military before that, but like you're basically going to take a nondescript, no-name who fought on Endor and then link her to the most important Mandalorian character in the right. universe. The, the only way they could establish their, uh, their relationship is on the show now. And, and what could they do together that would warrant a spinoff? Uh, I mean, does, does Bo-Katan get cancer and, and Karen nurses her back to health yeah. with the force we didn't know she had? Yeah, I mean, it would have to be something really fucking far out. It just, it doesn't yeah. make sense. It doesn't. Um, this, this does though, following Following yeah. Boba Fett, seeing what happened to him post ROTJ, having Tamira in there again. I mean, the look is already established. All you have to do is de-age him a bit. And the way that he looks in the show, you don't even really have to de-age all that much. He's got no hair. He's got no, he's right. got face scars. All you have to do is like maybe tighten his skin up a little bit. Like you, you don't really have to do all that much to him to make even him Even then, younger. I mean, Boba, you know, he was probably in... 30s. He had to have been pushing 30, 40s, 40 during yeah, the 30, OT. 40. So definitely, no, I, I think they'll, I think they'll be, he'll be fine. And, and I, I do, I think the prequel is the way to go. Cause it, we've been talking about like, he's back. 
Like we're not just pulling shit out of our ass. I mean, he I mean, he's back in the canon. He debuted in the Mandalorian. Unless you're Greg, then you think this is still Rex. This is not Boba Fett. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Greg, that's fine. That but but either way, Rex. the character has been reestablished into yes. the canon, and and Nick and I have said on this dumb show, great. Please explain a little bit how we got here and we've we've kind of you know turned tied ourselves up a notch trying to do uh speculation gymnastics like well do we get like a Cobb Vanth backstory real quick he just shoots out of the pit you see fucking uh Bib Fortuna's uncle selling the slave one to some fucking Jawas for some suka <laughs> or do we get a, a more detailed and, and I really think the, the the Boba Fett super fans out there would would love a mini a mini series dedicated to that gap of Bozo Fett clown shoes into the Sarlacc pit death to his resurrection and subsequent nomad life on Tatooine in particular out in the Dune Sea. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be the best way to take this. I mean, if you're talking, you're, if you're making a, a show that's running concurrently with Mando about, Boba, it, I just think it would be weird. I like, like Nico in the chat here. He's he's doing some writing for it. Uh, it looks like it's like some exposition. We'd, we'd be getting a monologue delivered from Boba. Yeah. So there I was, soaking in Sarlacc stomach acid. Dot dot dot. There we go. That's a good. That's a good start. Like he's writing. You could. I mean, like I always think the idea of of playing a series as a starting in the current time but playing the whole series as a flashback is interesting so like you see him in like the series opens and he's old boba that we see in mando but he's like sitting in a fucking right. tuscan hut exactly. by himself exactly and he's just like writing in his diary that, that's sort of what tones is saying here in the chat like you know give us the prequel but move it forward closer to the timeline and then maybe interweave it and i think uh, what nick is talking about would be a fantastic way to do that yeah. where you're actually cutting telling the ways. prequel from the current timeline but we're getting most of the exposition most of the narrative would be set in the past yes uh brando's asking about some scissoring i don't know if he's talking about a, a lesbian sex act or if that's how he describes interweaving Fett's tale in between a prequel and the current yeah. timeline in Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't know where the, the latter version of scissoring would come in to this series, but th the way but you yes, described it, Brando, some scissoring would be cool to see. Yeah. You know, that, that would be interesting how they work that in, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for Some it. Some Cosca Reeves and Bo-Katan scissoring. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you fuckers. See, you can do. This is what's going to get yeah. Lauren Nick, and Mary Kim off of this show. She's going to be yeah, like, yeah, Nick's, I listened Nick's to like, episode oh, 139, and I think yeah. that I'm going to skip this. <laughs> Nick's like, oh, man, Matt's off track. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's, it. like, it's like he knows when my wires have been crossed, this and is it's just going to go downhill. Us. All right, so there you go, Boba. We want it. We'll take it. We just need a real source to give it to me, you know? All right, it's time. It is that time of the episode for the Star Wars Time Show bro-style breakdown of The Mandalorian S2E4, a.k.a. The Siege, a.k.a. The Carl Weathers One. Uh, if you're new to this segment... Nick and I uh, try to give a, a quick summary of our, our feelings 
from watching the episode. Then we'll break down the Easter eggs based on my video that I put out immediately after every new episode of The Mandalorian on our YouTube channel. So make sure you're subbed up to that dumb shit. Need more than 600, you motherfuckers. Uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll just kind of talk about best moments and whatever else comes up. But after this one, uh, depending on how much I talk about some of the theories I had last year about Pershing, Gideon, uh, Baby Yoda blood, uh, we're going to go back to Star Wars school to kind of catch you up on that stuff. We'll talk about the M counts, force infusions, and then we'll drop some predictions for S2E5, aka, spoiler alert, the Jedi. Uh, all right, Nick. So just general uh, reception of this episode, I'll be honest with you. And so far, only the intern has concurred on my feeling about this episode. Uh, but from start to finish, I felt like something was off in the siege. Yeah. It didn't seem like it, it fit or flowed with the previous episodes. I don't know if I'm going, if I can accredit that to... Gina being a dope and just kind of breaking the fourth wall for me now where all I see is Gina and not Cara Dune or the way Carl directed the episode, which I think was a little 80s, 90s action movie s. Mm -hmm. not saying that's a bad thing, but some about this episode just didn't flow for me now that doesn't mean i'm gonna be like you angry assholes with episode two is like oh fucking filler, I'm canceling my Disney plus account Blah. It, it, it was fun. There was some great stuff in it. Uh, we finally got a little more uh, insights into what the fuck's going on with the baby. But it, it some just it, it didn't feel like an episode of The Mandalorian for the most part to me. So that that was my general take. Yeah, that's it's interesting you mentioned that to me. I mean, I didn't get that feeling from it, but I can see where you're coming from because essentially it like starts off as an episode of The Mandalorian. You know, he gets there. He's like, hey, guys, I got to do that. I need some repairs. I, I need to get to Corvus to get to this Jedi. And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. But hey, we need you to just break into this place and help us blow it up. <laughs> like, and it does kind of turn into like this. This sabotage mission that you've really never seen before. Like Din has never been. I mean, aside from like Bryce's episode in season one like Din has never been literally just like pulled off of his mission on purpose to say like, Hey, yeah, you have stuff to do, but like, let's do this instead. Right. And I guess that, that could be a little bit of where you're getting it from. Cause like, I, I mean, honestly, I think it was, I think it's the Gina shit and that's just something I'm gonna have to get over. Uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I mean, she's playing a character, but it just, I, yeah, people that are that dumb in real life, it for me, it now ruins who they are in fake life. It yeah. just does. Like, you, you look at her, you just want to go, you're not that great of an actor. We gave you a pass last season because you were, it was a good character, the physicality of the character. But now I just look at her and all I see is that stupid Twitter feed and I'm going to parlor. <laughs> and anyone that says they're going to parlor, you know, right there, they're, they're, they're off. Like there's something wrong with them. It's definitely harder to have that, like, you know, s willing suspense of disbelief between an actor. <laughs> well, I know it's a and, me problem. Cause I well, mean, no, we're, again, I, we're talking I, about fake shit, but it's, well, it's hard mean, with this girl be between like a physical portrayal of an act, like an actress and her real life persona and say like, like I always bring up the biggest one to me that everybody can just willingly like 
no, it, it doesn't exist is Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is a detestable human being. Uh, Mel like, Gibson. That's another like actor that I have a hard time yeah, looking at his and, shit now. And just I based on all Mel his Gibson. voice clips and how anti-Semitic and racist he yeah. is. It's but like, like Michael dude. Jackson is like the perfect example of like a majority of the population just being right. able to say just like glosses over that shit. Yeah. Like his shit didn't exist. He, his music is amazing, <laughs> but like, I agree. Cause like when, when you first mentioned that to me, you were like, I think, you know, I don't know if it's Gina or what. And I told her, I was like, I think it's Gina, man. Cause like I watched it and I didn't really get that feeling there. Like there were definitely some like Carl flares in it that you can tell right. like he's, He's yeah. directing this from a point of being an action hero. Yeah, I know. It was definitely the, the the cuts and just the action segments were were correct. And and, and all you you sensitive types in the live stream right now, when did I ever say I didn't like this episode? I just say I just said it didn't flow like the others for me. Where does not like come <laughs> into play there? You motherfuckers! Listen to what I say. Don't infer shit. Just because I didn't like the way it flowed didn't mean I hated it. I thought it had some really good points to it. I, I told you uh, during episode two, you're never going to hear the words hate, uh, bad, annoying, filler come out of my mouth about this series. For Christ's sakes. We don't all have to be homers 100% of the time with Star Wars, my friends. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's okay to, to have things about an episode you dislike. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, I mean, overall for me, I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I thought that a lot of the predictions that we had in terms of like around Mithril and all this other stuff, like obviously those didn't hit, but I still thought it was a fun journey. And I I thought that this episode, because of the Pershing stuff make like it reintroduces that storyline and it gets us back on to where I'm like, I want to find out. Well, yeah, here, here's what this episode did. It did a few things. We are fully through the trailers at this point. Yes. Uh, five through eight, the next, what, four episodes? Five, six, seven, eight? Yeah, that's four, right? Five, yep. six, seven, seven eight. eight. Yep. yep, that's four. Our, it's going to be all brand new shit. We have mm-hmm. no idea what's coming outside of a potential massive major character showing up in five being Ahsoka. Uh, so it did that. I think it's also finally going to break the uh, narrative arc that every episode has had now, which is I need something from you and you're not going to give it to me until I do something for you. Yep. And that's happened in episode one, two, three, and now four. Uh, that's going to go away. I, I, like, I mean, at this point, we're in brand new territory. He has to be on his way to Corvus, to the city of Caladan. You would think this is Dave's episode. It's title leaked. It's called The Jedi, which is odd if you know your Ahsoka lore. Doesn't really play out unless they're just going with, you know, Din only knows Din. Force users as Jedi. Yeah, as Din Nick said, he's, he's a Jedi. He's the bunker boy, so he just knows Jedi, uh, Force, <laughs> uh, you know, like that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, was, it was a good episode. It, it, just because it didn't flow for me like others, it's okay. I still enjoyed it. All right, Nick. Uh, let's just kind of go through some of the eggs, see if I remember some of them. Uh, the, the baby is always going to pop up. Uh, there's some people. The intern, in fact, is is over the baby at this he point. He wants, he wants the child to, to die. Yeah, he wants to kill the baby himself. And I don't get that. I'm like, bro, it ain't happening. I mean, the, the child is an ATM for LFL. Cash cow. You know what I mean? Like, 
it is a license to print money for Lucasfilm licensing. So the child isn't going anywhere. Now, I, I still think it is going to get kidnapped, and that could be coming up right here in this episode we're going to watch on Friday. Uh, but the child's not going anywhere. But anyways, eggs. We got a call back to the infamous memeable Super Bowl moment in this episode, but now he got to do one with daddy. Yep. Uh, there's just a, a further scene and Din cheating a little bit in front of his ward. So you can see they're, they're opening up. It just, I don't know. I, I'm a sucker for these little moments between these two. Uh, I don't know if it's because I, I had my own kid who's growing up and you just, you kind of get these interactions and how he sits there and talks to the little guy as if the little guy knows everything he's saying, which it, he, he might at this point. I just, that I like it. fucking scene in the beginning, man, where like, Fantastic. trying to get him to plug in the line. Fantastic. And we'll talk about that during best moments, yeah. but I, any parent should be able to relate to that scene when you're trying to explain, I mean, obviously wiring a spaceship is a little more complex than grabbing two different colored markers to color shit in but but what din was doing any parent has felt that when you're trying to explain a process to a young human it's literally like you're you're talking in a different language and they're just like uh, 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 you know holding up the wires so loved all that uh obviously we returned to navarro where uh din's cult was was shacked up at then they took their mythosaur uh wall hanger yep. I'm, I'm assuming the armor grabbed that on her way out we got some Aqualishes in here. These are the aliens, the same an aliens as uh, Panda Boba or Baba Panda or whatever the fuck. It, yeah, I Panda Baba. Baba. I don't know, though. Uh, he's the asshole that, that is with the doctor in the canteen in New Hope, and Obi-Wan relieves him of his arm. <laughs> there, that was, yeah. there, hey, look there at Nick. Go. Nick getting into the sound effect I, game I, here. I voiced over Panda Baba in 1977. <laughs> Yeah, um, just so I didn't get yelled at, I had to include the reappearance of Kara and Grief Cardboard. So <laughs> there they are. And I refer to them as Cardboard that's in my cardboard. video. Yeah, that's the, that's the SWTS Easter egg for all of those of course. who don't of course. watch or don't listen to the show, but watch the videos, all three people. That of course. And, and in the chat, uh, Big Joe knows what I'm talking about, explaining stuff to little people. Yes. Just, it just doesn't work. Uh, the alien we saw at the beginning, uh, one of Greece mechanic. Uh, not only is he a dickhead, but he is the same alien race as Gunny from the newly released Star Wars God, Squadrons. Uh, Gunny was uh, a rebel pilot. I think she was the squad leader. Yeah. A lot of uh, people think that that's... Uh, Ochi. Ochi of Bastoon? It's not yeah, even close. It's not not close. I mean, and God bless the people that post that stuff in our Discord, but the screen that literally compares this character to Ochi, they're not even remotely close looking. Like, it's not even close. Use your eyes, people. <laughs> you know better. I, I, I don't think Tones made it, but he shared it. Look at it. I mean, it's literally, this character looks nothing like Ochi of Bastoon when we see him in The Rise of Skywalker. It's not even close. Anyways, we'll move on. Um, hey, we got a protocol droid in the vein of our buddy. Uh, well, hell, it's almost C-3PO's initial Tatooine armor, if you will. You got kind of that, that pewter look, but, you know, she's up there teaching about the galaxy and just loaded with references in this scene. I mean, we, we, she talked about the Carillion run, the Hydean way, Coruscant. The, the Maelstrom. The, the, yeah, the Maelstrom by Kessel that we saw in Solo. So that was, it was just awesome shit. I mean, I, I love yeah. this type of shit. Uh, yeah, thanks, Tone. So that alien is a Mimbanese. 
alien. That's what the people of Minbon look like. That's who Han was like, hey, why the fuck are we on their planet? It's their planet after all. No wonder they're trying to kill us. Yeah. And then um, Ochi does not have a species associated with him. He yeah, just and he also doesn't fucking person. look like that. Like it does. It doesn't look like that. I, I mean, I get reaching. I reach all the time, but come on now. And yeah, Tones didn't make it. He he. I'm not shooting the messenger here, but whoever made it is an idiot. <laughs> uh, next up, our buddy Mithril returned, and you know, as Nick said, we were off on this one. I mean, our our predictions for four, not the best. Notice we didn't have a a a celebration. There was no self clapping for this episode. We missed on the big one. You know, Nick Nick put his balls out there, and they got chopped off. Unfortunately, hey, you know, sometimes uh, but. We we lightly hit on it. I think our biggest miss was that they weren't going to the base to help Mithril because he was already there. We actually got some good backstory here, and I, I have a feeling at this point, Horatio Sands's Mithril will be a recurring character because he is Grief's accountant. Uh, he's he's kind of a fun character. It is what it is, right? He's more more comic relief, if you will. Uh, speaking of the old blue guy, he's got a land speeder, and while it may not look exactly like Luke's land speeder, it does sound exactly like Luke's land speeder. Here is the old Imperial transport that we saw at the end of season one. Uh, it, I think it made its first debut in Star Wars Rebels season four, uh, and it, it served as a pretty damn good getaway car in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I actually got a, f- a feedback. They like this Easter egg of speeder bikes. Cause I literally just went speeder bikes speeder and then bike. mo- moved on to the next Easter egg I because it's like, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? What, what, uh, can you, what can you say? <laughs> honestly, like it's like, come on people. I mean, sometimes some of the eggs I point out, I only do it just to avoid being yelled at and called an idiot in the comments. <laughs> Uh, following up with that, they found the code cylinder, which is always in the breast pocket of Imperial officers. And I think this is one of the first times, at least in live action, we've seen one used. Yeah. They're, they're typically just uh, dressing uh, or dressings for the uniforms in the live action universe. All right. We got the resurgence of Pershing, a big character from season one. He was in the first episode and episode three, and he is who I want to talk about in our next segment, because what we learned now has shed a lot more light on what they were doing with the child in the first place and why they want them. Uh, and it also validates my excellence as a star Wars speculator going off minimal amounts of information using the wealth of knowledge in my head to formulate what could be happening on in the future of a series. And I think I did pretty damn good with this one in Pershing. So we'll address that in a separate topic. That's how fucking good it was. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, I, I did mention Chandrilla tones. I don't miss that shit. I do miss obvious Easter eggs like the fucking IG-11 statue right in the middle of Navarro's town square. Like, come on, Matt. How do you make an Easter egg video and miss that? And, and uh, Klondike also pointed out, I missed this week's Where's Zuvio Easter egg because the Zuvio guy was in the town bazaar God. in an overhead shot. 
This motherfucker just pops up every. I know, dude. It's like it, it is the they they are getting legs out of that costume. I think to honor the character of Zuvio being cut from TFA, yet still getting an action figure made. It's just like they know it's a joke now, so they just sprinkle him, sprinkle him in wherever they can. Yeah, or yeah. they just don't have a lot of budget for their costumes, and they remix <laughs> aliens in every fucking scene. Because I saw another alien that was in the Gamorrean Fight Club scene in the town bazaar. So I think that's what they're doing. Uh, up next, though, I believe this is the first time we got to see a TIE pilot in Mandalorian, correct? At least uh, flying a TIE fighter. So that's why he made the list. Uh, and they're still not that good at, at their job, unfortunately. Nope. <laughs> um, Captain Carson Tiva making a quick return to the series, which pretty much cements him as being a regular at this point. Uh, it seems that he and Trapper Wolf, that's Filoni's character, are the the X-Wing sheriffs of the Outer Rim. They're yeah. out there for the New Republic, checking in on things. And I, I thought it was great that they already brought him back in. He's kind of asking grief, like, oh, so, hey, would you guys, what, what happened at this Imperial installation? Why don't you help me out here? You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I thought that was cool to have him back. Uh, when he's talking to Gina, I can't even refer to the Kara. I guess I should just refer to it as Kara. Yeah. We, when he's the, talking to Kara, we, we get a, a nice Alderaan mention. We knew she was from there, thanks to Gideon outing her as an Alderanian. Uh, you know, oh, I've lost everybody. This is where Gina's acting really starts to shine in moments like this. In non-action scenes, that's where she is a star. Yeah. Uh, so we got the order mentioned, but then he drops down this New Republic badge. I don't know if that's like a sheriff's badge or, or just a reminder, like, hey, you used to be on our side. We could still use your help cleaning this cesspool of a galaxy up, especially these outer rim worlds that you like to play around in. And then the big one, right at the end, and, and it's now been confirmed apparently through the descriptive audio, which is even different than closed captioning. Um, descriptive audio literally reads the shit. I mean, think it's for blind people, essentially. And uh, according to that, unless the intern that typed up the, the DA script, these are in this in the Mandalorian. We're looking at these big black stormtrooper things. These are dark troopers. Mm -hmm. All right. Not the shadow troopers, not the super soldiers, but these are dark troopers which would have stemmed from the video game universe. Uh, and at this point, I mean, who knows? I, I really don't think these are normal people in there. They're either going to be Droid. genetically enhanced shit or, or droids, like I said. Yeah. And I think that wrapped the eggs. Yeah, so best moments here. Take a breather. <sighs> Ready? <laughs> and go. All right, first up, the whole baby wiring scene. Yeah, I just, I mean, as a parent, it, it was hilarious. As as Joe agreed with me, I mean, you're just when you even try to explain like how to tie shoes, it's like you're trying to teach fucking calculus to little <laughs> kids, and that that's all I could see when he's like, "No, take the blue wire and put it where the red one went," and the little one's like, "Okay, I see the blue, I see the red," and then it goes like stick the red back where he took it. It's just just a fun little scene in there. Um, up next. The little kid again, force, force <laughs> pulling a bag of macarons. You got to love the kid and his appetite. That's obviously the running gag. <laughs> and that's probably why the intern wants him to die. Yeah. He is over it. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. This Still next eating. one is big. Yes. So the lab 
and the, and and really the 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 tank that they focus on. Obviously, a lot of people are instantly getting Snoke boners. Yes, very. And why, very close. Why, I, yeah, I will not disagree that this this clone deformed body or or whatever this experiment has some Snoke like features. I can tell you right now, if you want to get super nerdy, the scar down the skull is in the completely opposite direction as Snoke's. Snoke's, it, it curls the other way. That doesn't mean this still isn't the beginnings of the Snoke clone body project, uh, but it was huge stuff. I mean, that, that lab scene, for as short as it was, I believe that that was kind of the the narrative pivot for this season. Like, all right, we're done with the fucking... Mando is doing all these odd jobs to actually pay off on his quests. Now we're getting to the quest and the nuances of the quest and why the child is so important in the galaxy. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the, the tank stuff, very interesting. I'm not discounting the Snoke stuff whatsoever. It actually plays into some of my theories that I shit out of my ass last year, you know, that they were doing a lot of the stuff with the, with the Yoda blood to bring back Palpy, yeah. enhance this, that, or the other thing. So uh, a definite moment to point out. Obviously, the Pershing, the follow-up, just getting more information, seeing Din's reaction like, oh, fuck, Gideon is not dead, and I'm fucked. How can I leave the child alone? And he's like, see ya. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought the whole chase sequence in the canyon, all the way from her running people over and getting it started to the big save, which is going to be a top moment, was, was fantastic. I thought Carl had his team shoot it perfectly. Uh, there were some nods. I even felt like to uh, the, the Falcon escaping the Death Star and a new hope and Carl getting back there and in, in the turret trying to blow him down. Uh, it was just like I said, it was just shot very well for an action for a chase scene. I love the scout troopers looking like schmoes right off the bat. I mean, yeah. right off the fucking bat, these idiots are crashing into each other. <laughs> just, just beautiful shit there. Um, and that I'm not going to lie. Din's fucking save at the end, just like the characters in the show at, at six 30 in the morning, got me to stand up on my couch and go, Woohoo! <laughs> I fucking love that because what I'm talking about, you know, uh, uh, cardboard and the team, they've got out of the Canyon. They don't have their turret anymore. They're still being tailed by three TIE fighters. They're cooked, right? We're like, Oh no, what's going to fucking happen? And out of fucking nowhere, you see one of the ties get blown up. And then you see this piece of shit, short bus looking spaceship zoom over past. And it was hard not to just be like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Han Solo after Luke fucking blows that Death Star and they're ready to go home, that type of shit. And then to see Din's subsequent maneuvers and the child acting like he's on a fucking roller coaster. It was a thing of beauty. I was cheering the whole time. Like I said, I was just like Kara, Grief, and Mithril on the ground going, woohoo, watching all this play out. So fuck you, Bo-Katan. You ain't got shit on Din Djarin's piloting skills. <laughs> this guy can fly one of the shittiest designed vehicles in all of the Star Wars galaxy as if it's a fucking X-Wing fighter. He is a he very is a, good pilot. He is a pimp. I love that scene. I love the way they, they had the baby react to it, <laughs> raising his arms up and spinning, and then obviously, you know, puking at the end. <laughs> it, it was that, the, the entire chase, but in particular, Din's dogfighting save 
that was my favorite part of the episode. It was just, I mean, outside of getting the lore, I always liked the, the nerdy shit, but just pure fan fun. What was that chase? And then didn't save. Yeah. The only thing that I thought of on that moment was like, man, did he have time to get there, get his ship, get the baby, get all the way back while that chase was still happening? I mean, I get like, I guess hey, so. That, but that's, that's, that's another the benefit like, of a jetpack movie trope is like, if they want something cool to happen, it doesn't matter if it fits within the timeline nah. of travel. Bro, jetpacks <laughs> fix everything. Right? Yeah. Jet, he he kicked that. He he probably has a fucking hyperdrive on got, that thing. He's got he, boosters, yeah, extra. Yeah, boosters yeah, he's like Ant Man. He went into the whatever the fucking quantum the zero, realm. Yeah, the quantum realm and just popped up in Yoda or Baby's classroom. And he's like, "All right, come on, buddy, we got to go. Grab your cookies, get in the car, let's fucking do it." Yeah. Uh, and I will say, like, the, the Razor Crest has really grown on me this season, and what it, it's it is now like the Falcon has become a character itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially that. in this season with how fucking beat the shit it's been. Uh, you had that Mon Cow patch it like an asshole. Uh, you know, now he's got it fully fixed, at least as fixed as it can get. And he showed us what he can do. And I just, I, I love the crest. I love Din in the crest. And I love the baby puking in it too. It's just, it's <laughs> just a fun fucking way to punch out this episode. Uh, and then obviously the, the the last best moment is is getting Gideon back in the flesh. He's a fucking killer bad guy in Star Wars. Everyone loves Jean Carlo when he plays a bad guy or a good guy. Everyone just loves Jean, right? Uh, but just getting all that the, the the reveal, like, oh, okay, this is what he's up to. He's working on the the, the Dark Trooper, the the Super Soldier program. Yep. Is this what he's trying to infuse with the Force? Are they robots? Are they clones that he's trying to modify? Uh, or, or whatever he's doing with these people, is he going to try to do it to himself down the road when, when the experiments are perfected? Uh, but he pretty much lets us know that now that he has the crest tagged, he can execute his plan to get the child. And he is now prepared to deal with a Mandalorian by bringing in the special forces via the dark trooper unit. We saw him essentially jerking off over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that that basically hits a lot of my top moments as well. Uh, it covers all the big beats. I, I mean, I I think that there there was one part in the in the like the siege, I guess you would call it, like what they're going through and they're destroying the the base. I thought it was really cool that they modeled that little control station that controlled the flow of the lava off of the uh, episode four um shield yeah. generator i'm glad you brought that up because i want to again i want to clarify why i didn't include that in my easter egg breakdown because uh, i believe it or not even my wife when we watched it friday night she's like it's kind of like obi-wan doing the tractor beam thing i'm like you're fucking right now i feel like an even bigger asshole for leaving it out nick just said it himself the reason i didn't include it and you're all right <laughs> you are all right it looks just like the fucking uh, tractor beam shutdown scene. Yeah. They even like had troopers casually talking right before it. It was a little catwalk they had to balance on. Everyone's right. I'm a fucking loser. <laughs> I hate myself. I'm deleting the channel. But I didn't include it because it, it was not the exact same. Yeah. In terms it, of like Obi-Wan was pulling levers down and shit where Mithril was hitting buttons. That that That's my excuse. Deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, you hit everything. I mean, it's just that, that 
my faith if i had to put a favorite on it it's just like that myth not mithril that pershing scene like seeing that hollow recording being in that room with the the failed experiment in the background like that to me is just like it gives people who are like well what's okay what's happening with the baby why is this baby still around blah blah right. blah like it ge- it fills in those gaps and it tells you where we're going here i mean like we like Matt said, we we kind of pegged that down last year. Like this is the direction that's probably gonna. Oh, happen. don't worry. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make these people listen to it again here on our next topic twice. Yeah. Actually, I have two I have two reminders of <laughs> of how I nailed this fucking speculation. Yeah, but it it just further establishes like how important. I mean it it brings in now the importance of midichlorians. Um, but also it, it does kind of harken back to what we talked to a year ago, over a year ago about why that particular scene with Pershing was going to be important into the future of the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and just answering some of the comments here in the live stream, please join up if you can. We typically do the live stream version of the show on Tuesdays around two thirty East. Uh, we've had some good conversation here now that we're in the, Hey, boss showed up. Kev's collectibles. Kev's a lot of stuff you're you're uh, talking about. I think I'm going to address in the next topic. So sit tight. But I I think we're on the same plane here. He's just talking about uh, you know what's going on with the Force Blood, Force Infusion, Snoke, Dark Trooper, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, in terms of what Klondike's asking about, Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the Dark Troopers are from the video game universe, Dark Forces. Mm-hmm. Um, I I believe so. It it looks like they may be enhanced in this version. Dark dark troopers in the old video games were not force infused. They were droids. Right. And Um, that's kind of what they're answering in the chat. The the, the dark trooper project and stuff like that was all based off of, um, I, I think it was the dark forces video game. Uh, I pr- appreciate it, but the, the Dark Troopers stem from the video game universe. E- even the, I think the Shadow Troopers as well, they are in one of the mobile games. Uh, so that's where that stuff's coming from. So as we've said, I mean, you, you, you should never be surprised where John, Dave, and the team are pulling from these days. Yeah. They're dipping into legend shit. They're dipping into video games. They're dipping into the animated universe, uh, comics, you name it. I mean, that's yeah. why these guys are fucking pimps. And I like how they're taking it like old legends and they're not just in some cases, they're not just doing the same thing. Like with dark troopers, it's not the same thing. Like they could be, I mean, like we don't know yet. They could be droids in old legends. They were droids, but they could be that they're using this now as a super soldier project where it's, you know, kind of like the intern said in discord where it's like, he's kind of like the doctor from universal soldier. Like he's building these genetically modified soldiers these yeah and that, that the legions. intern the yeah. intern said exactly that um so yeah you guys are kind of on the right right track and that's that's what i was speculating even a year ago before we even knew gideon existed uh it was hey these are my ideas about might as well just kind of switch over there unless you had any other uh thing to say on episode four my friend any other moments that really got your titties hard no I your, think we, your nipples I, erect all right i think we hit them all i mean if i had to say like like that that moment in the beginning with the baby was just so good like that it was just so good to to watch din just sit there it's like okay the blue one now and he like holds up the red one he's like no the blue one and then okay plug it in just watching that was just so it was fantastic (laughs) i mean i know you can't relate to it but you know it's kind of like convincing your dogs not to shit on the carpet you're like 
you, your ass, not on the carpet outside. It's kind of, it's one of those deals. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, anyways, these, these articles are old. I'm not going to make the same mistake I made last week and literally just vomit out the entire script to you. I'm going to highlight what I hit on and I'm going to ask you to go back and, and watch them if you so choose to. Uh, but my first one literally was after S1E1 and where we met Pershing. And I was like, all right, there, there's a Camino connection here just based on his his lab coat. Yep. Uh, so I kind of went down that path. Like, what could this mean? This guy's Camino, obviously cloning, geneticist, this type of stuff. Then we found out about the child. It was a, of a Yoda species. So, you know, the gear started turning. Why would the remnant want a, a force type of species one that we know could be loaded with these days m count right nick it's m count now not midichlorians but in this first video this is where i threw out a a few initial theories and some of them are are still holding up uh right here i think one of the first ones is I, I I straight up, I'll just read it. Why, you may ask? Well, I'm going with him and his employers, be it the Imperial Remnant overseeing Operation Cinder, Palp himself, or the first members of what would become the First Order, ultimately want to clone this baby or do genetic experiments on it to possibly create a force-infused super soldier. Boom! Yep. Boom! Get some! This is over a year ago. Eat it. Eat it, you shitty speculators. That's how you fucking do it. Here, I'll follow it up. I lied. I am going to read the whole fucking thing. (laughs) Hell, maybe they need the baby in its more than likely high midichlorian count to sustain Pap's life force. Boom! There's another one. Can you guys believe this shit yet? Are you guys laying on your backs? Have you been knocked the fuck out of your seats with this excellence? Unbelievable. <laughs> so fucking good. Why do we only have 600 subscribers? Shit! <sighs> All well right, so that, that's that one. So right there, two, two big deals right there. And they're still valid because we, 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 we've said at this point and we've heard from Pershing himself, the volunteer, who the fuck's a volunteer? Well, maybe that's the fucking Snoke side of shit. Maybe it's uh, soldiers. Uh, maybe it's Gideon and, and, and Pershing doesn't even know it's Gideon, even though he's talking to Gideon. But he's pretty much saying like, hey, we took that fucking thing's blood because A, it had a high midichlorian count and B, we're trying to infuse the force into other beings. Yes. And it's not going well right now when we do it they may be somewhat functional for a fortnight and then they end up i'm assuming looking deformed like snoke it's, so they're the, the super yeah. soldier theory and the using it for snoke slash palpatine theory still holds up again s1e1 type of speculation my friends get it yep. get on this shit i'm not that fucking dumb okay here's the next one uh, again, I, I believe this was also after S1E1, maybe S1E2. You never know. Um, and, and this is where we, we, you know, we're introduced to the child. And it's like, holy shit. Holy shit. The possibilities now. We got a guy from Camino, and now we got a fucking Yoda ass looking thing in this show. So, of course, my head starts going off. And, and I, I lay down like three theories on, on what could be happening with the child, why he is here, this, that, and the other thing. 
you know, one of them obviously is probably going to be wrong at this point. I'm just like, hey, it, it could just be a straight up clone of Yoda. Uh, we know there would have been Yoda DNA left in the old Republic. I mean, hell, from his battle with Palpatine, he was leaving nail marks. Uh, his cloak was sitting cloak there. They there. easily could have cloned Yoda. And why wouldn't they? I mean, he's a fucking M count pimp. Yep. All right. The other one, this one I will not read because this is a, a lengthy one here. Um, blah, 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 blah. That's just me filling time here. I'm vamping. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the other one, genetic experiments could be performed on this baby to create a legion of super powered force infused soldiers. Need I say more? <laughs> Need I say more, my friends? And then the final thought here, I mean, at this point, if it was big enough, I would be sucking my own dick. But my final point here is that Baby Yoda could be sought after by Pershing and other power players is that it is more than likely high midichlorian count. There it is again. Could help sustain Palpatine's life force. Uh, give it to me. Come on. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Come on. Nick, wake up. Come on. It was, it was well Cheer. done. Cheer. Well thank you thank you thank you everyone in the fucking chat i don't see enough emojis clapping <laughs> i want to see some fucking smiley faces laughing your boy fucking nailed it a year ago not knowing half the shit we know now so where the fuck are all of my followers that's what keeps me up at night that's why i bitch every fucking week I'm not that fucking stupid. I'm hitting on some of this shit. I know my Star Wars. There's always time for Star Wars time. <laughs> fucking lives in my head. See? All right, thank you. Thank you, Kev's Collectibles. That's what I was waiting for. I got my emoji. Now I can move on. <laughs> <laughs> now, all of this has now made, you know, <laughs> Tross and everything else a lot more interesting, I guess you could yeah. say. because. And then also it just changes all of what is needed to make Palpatine's <laughs> reascension into the galaxy possible and even more difficult than what it already was. Because uh, basically, Nick, hear, need... hear me out, buddy. Do you think the Mandalorian could do for the sequel trilogy what the Clone Wars did for the prequels? That's actually one of our responses to the fan question of the week. Okay, well, um, I think let's it not can spoil it. To a certain degree. I think it can to a certain degree. Specifically the Palpatine angle <laughs> of it. Because that's, that's one angle that I will say people turned on very quickly. Because we were both at Celebration. We both saw that fucking eruption in the crowd when they heard Palpatine's voice the first time on that trailer. Right. Like, people loved it. They fucking ate it the fuck up they were so happy that he was back everything like they loved it and then after that they just turned on it um (laughs) i think that this in particular can help uh make that a little bit more you know easy to swallow for people who don't like it i don't think it's sorry nick the the guys in the chat now there it's it's getting a little crazy (laughs) i'm not i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at our fans here um (laughs) I think that it, it, it does help that angle. It's not really going to give you anything on Ray right. in particular. And it also makes it a lot harder. It actually makes it a lot harder to, to explain Ray and clones in general, because 
um, in my article that kind of I mean, Ray down, is literally an offspring of a clone, by the way. Everyone knows that, no, right? Yeah. Like, pa- Palpatine's son wasn't a real person. It was another failed clone that wasn't as fucked up as the other failed clones. Yeah. I shit you not. This yeah. is real. Look it up. Yeah, no, she, she's a clone offspring. <laughs> so he, here's here's where it makes it a little bit more squirrely. Because now, before it was basically like, okay, well, if you if your force essence, your your force soul, inf- is is transferred into a new body, then you you basically take your force powers with you, and if that human has any force powers or that host has any force powers, you get those too. Now it makes it a lot harder because you essentially have to have a force infused body to get into. So that does like Jesse was saying in chat that explains Snoke. So what Snoke is, is Snoke is basically a, a puppet. It's basically a Palpatine puppet that he used to, to delay his return into the galaxy. So they had to, now we know they had to, to clone a body but they also had to to do a blood transfusion right. with a high midichlorian count. I mean, we, we can't say we can't say 100 percent yet, but based on what we've seen in this last episode and my insane levels of knowledge and, and foresight, it, it could be going that way. It, yeah. it could be like the volunteer could be the person like, hey, I all hail Palpatine. I'll, I'll sacrifice my life, my body, my vessel. Uh, to to have you guys poke and prod and inject me with some M count juice. Yes. So that's that's where you have to get in. It's going to be interesting to see how they sustain this over a long period of time cuz like Pershing said, they they essentially can't do it anymore cuz they don't have any more blood. You need blood from high midichlorian well, count force you and, to be able to do this. And that's why I have a feeling our little guy is going to get snag this this week yeah really i think this is this might be the one and it may be before we even get to miss miss tano yeah yeah um so it makes it interesting because you can't like even baby yoda only has so much blood like yeah, you can tap right. him every now and then, but if you, yeah. if you drain too much blood, he's going to die. Right. I mean, that that's established canon, too. I mean, Pershing says that exactly. Like, I could only get so much from the little thing or I would have killed it. Yeah. And, and, look, and Kev's, yeah. Kev's in the chat here. Nick, I don't, I don't know if this is true. I'm assuming it is. But since midichlorians are living things, if a body's hus dies you would assume the, the, the blood, the midichlorians are, are no longer there. So they, they wouldn't want a dead Yeah, they, they can't child. do anything with a dead something. Like, it's, yeah, they're a part of your cells. Like, midichlorians here, I'll, I'll give you this. Midichlorians live in your cells. And they, they're basically like, like uh, atoms or something like that that live yeah. within your cell. Um so when when the cell dies, the midichlorian dies. You would think so. And when so. the body dies, it's not like midichlor- the midichlorians from Anakin Skywalker's body just like are reabsorbed into the to the ether and then are put back into somebody else. Like those midichlorians die when that body dies, which is also why blood transfusions is the only way to successfully take right force because powers and give them to somebody else. We know at this point at least Jedi ghosts can interact with the real world still using the force. Yeah. But they, they've essentially become one with it. Yes. They are in the, the force stream, the midichlorian stream, if you will. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but you couldn't like, you know, dig up Anakin's burnt ass body and expect to get yeah. anything out of it. Because now you have to look at the force from two different perspectives. I mean, you've had to do this from like since the prequels, but now it's more important. You have to look at the force from the biological perspective of in inorganic bodies like inside of them and what gives them powers. And then you have to look at the force as the universe binding kind of energy and field that, that gives things that aren't force infused that like gives a tree kind of like a, like a force light or something like that. That is what allows like the, the universe binding energy is what allows Jedi or those who have become one with the force to manifest themselves after they've died. So that's not midichlorians. Midichlorians are what give force sensitive humans or other species. Their 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 level of their level of power. Yeah. So, so high M counts and shit. We, We actually have some fantastic shit just flying by in the chat right now. So keep it up, you little keyboard warriors. But yeah. uh, some things I want to comment on here, because I, I, I'm liking some of the predictions here, and that's really where we're at right now. So good job, fans. You you helped us segue into our uh, next segment. Uh, Nick, do you want to go over M-Count and Force Infusion anymore? I yeah. think you you kind of hit that right there. Yeah, but we, we, we basically hit it, but and then like Matt said, um, all of this stuff is really leading into the the dark side aspects of Tross and the sequel trilogy. You know, how Snoke came about, how Palpatine was able to essentially house his Force spirit in a body, but also still have the Force powers that he had. Um, M-Count, last thing on that, the highest M-Count ever recorded, and this is when they were still being recorded, so this would have basically ended in with the Imperial Reign was uh anakin's twenty thousand midichlorians and, per and we cell. know that from mr hello there himself yeah twenty thousand midichlorians per cell higher than yoda right here um, I'll, I'll get some people worked up i bet ray and ben had more Ooh, oh it's possible the dyad the dyad ah. um <laughs> yeah so that is that's really all i had to hit on for m counts and force infusions out there for people who aren't hardcore fans, it's basically a blood transfusion. That's the only way you would be able to do it is, is to take the blood from another creature and then completely transfuse that into another creature's body. And that's yeah, it. We, we like if we want to go down the, the like Sith history, it's also in canon that Sith can pass their essence to objects, too. Okay? Yeah. They're, they're, uh, that, that, and that's like another distinction we need to make now is like force right. essence is and not the same ability. as a spirit. Uh, I mean, there's a reason you don't see Sith force ghosts. Like literally at that point, the forces, it's like, fuck you. you. You've went the wrong way your entire life. Now you're dead. Eat a dick. Yeah. Essentially. But they can shit themselves into a helmet, a building, an object, whatever. Uh, but yeah, that, I mean, this is where Star Wars starts to get really sciencey. But uh, moving on to S2E5, which as the chat here, they're, they're running away from us now, but uh, it is now called the Jedi, Yep. which is interesting because we know Ahsoka definitely is not a Jedi. I mean, she uh, left it on her own accord after they fucked her over. She had another opportunity to rejoin and actually be a hero uh, and did some heroic shit on Mandalore and still was like, fuck you. So, I mean, she's technically not a Jedi. So what does that mean? I don't know. 
uh, some of the fan predictions here, I, I believe, are in line with what I'm thinking and probably what Nick's thinking. So uh, starting with Action Figure Noob, here's his cliff notes of S2E5. Child will get kidnapped. Din finds Ahsoka. They plan to rescue the child. Ahsoka gets captured, sacrifices herself. M count required by Palps acquired. So it's almost like a, there's going to be a trade. We'll give you... Ahsoka will will turn herself over in favor of the child. Big Amish has another one, slightly different. Moff gets child. Din pleads for help from Tano, explains what he looks like. Tano realizes it sounds like Yoda. Tano helps Din get back by uh, get the baby back. That's I'm kind of feeling Big Amish's deal. Uh, uh, I, I am yeah. thinking that we're gonna see the child get kidnapped before. We run into Ahsoka or right during the meeting. It's going to be like a fucking uh, like they're, Gideon's going to spring his trap right when they meet with Ahsoka. We, we're probably going to get our first battle of the Darksaber and a lightsaber between himself and Ahsoka because we know it's happening. We yeah. know he fights. Giancarlo is on the record as saying he fights multiple times, in fact. And, and I think the result of this battle will be the child being taken din badly beaten ahsoka not badly beaten but she couldn't do enough to prevent gideon from getting the child and kind of like amish is saying i think this is where ahsoka might uh, kind of uh, attach herself to another so, episode or two for the yeah. saving of the child yeah i mean for our sake for fan sake i i really hope it doesn't go the way that fucking uh, whoever said that Ahsoka's gonna die goes because man, that would be sh- just shitty. Like that would be a terrible way for that character to go out. Honestly, right. like to have her in one episode. I, maybe of he wasn't saying dying, but she turns herself over to the Imperials. Okay, yeah. Know? I mean, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, I think the title itself is purely based off of Din's perception of what he's going to see, and basically Bo conceding that like you know when Bo tells him like he he asks like I need to find a Jedi and she's like okay go Ahsoka Tano on Corvus she doesn't say like well technically she's not a Jedi like she's a force user that used to be a Jedi that blah 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 all that crap we we don't know either I mean maybe Ahsoka you know past as far as we've seen her go which is the epilogue of Rebels right Mm -hmm. which would have been happening a year a few months a couple of years out not a couple but i'd say within a year after uh, the battle of endor the fall of the empire she is fairly jedi'd up looking so you know maybe she does come back around to the idea of the order especially i mean you would think she knows at this point it's all been but wiped out yeah there's this fucking fly guy skywalker out there somewhere that if obviously she's heard the name luke skywalker well, she knows she has to i mean for christ's sake she was working with the rebellion yeah she she, she throughout knows. throughout the rebellion she has to know about luke skywalker we just we we haven't seen her reaction and, to and him like, here, via the cartoons the that's a thread that will never be tied like that's a thread that in a perfect star wars world Ahsoka Tano having been the the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker, knowing who Luke Skywalker is, because there's like you said, there's no way she doesn't know who Luke Skywalker is. That connection would be made. I don't think we're ever going to get that. No, Um, I I think Luke, I think at best, 
in the Mandalorian, we'd get a mention of the Skywalker name at yeah. best. Yeah. Like you would have to have George's blessing on top of perfect execution to get a meeting between even a hollow recording meeting between Ahsoka Tano and um, Luke Skywalker. But I mean, again, there there could be potential where maybe she is a Jedi. She has become a Jedi again. Who knows? Maybe there's going to be another one. I, I mean, it, it could go all over the place. I do think S2E5, just our general predictions here, we're going to get to see live action Ahsoka. That's that's easy. Yeah, that's a, that's a given. Uh, the next big one, something bad's going to happen with the child. I think action figure noob here in the live stream is, is right. Uh, they've been making him so cute and relatable and kind of like, eh, he, he's just there. That's on purpose. Now they're going to, you know, take the old iron boot and kick us right in the nuts. Yeah. And then when we're bent over, they're going to uppercut our face so our stomach's exposed. And then they're going to knee our gut. It's going to be a one, two, three. Like, oh, you guys were getting sick of the child. You think he's too cute and silly? Well, here you fucking go. Deal with this now. Feel that black cloud on your soul knowing that that little innocent child who just likes to eat some fucking cookies and frogs is now in peril. So I think that's the other big thing that's going to happen. And uh, I think that that's, that's pretty good predictions there, right? We're, we're going to lose the child. We're going to see Ahsoka. And the, the general direction things will be going after this will be linking up with the heroes he's met to get the child back. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be... That's the best prediction that we can lay forth given what we know so far. <laughs> um given the information that we have but i think that that's pretty fucking spot on yeah I mean, it's, uh, it was titled the jedi i know there's some people saying it's going to be a real long episode i i'm pretty sure that's not the case uh this one isn't going to be as short as the past couple uh but it's not going to be as long as the first one either uh, you should expect this one to clock in a little around i think 45 46 minutes uh so with all the bullshit a little over 40 minutes yeah uh, yeah it, it's going to be do i'm not I'm not looking forward to this one, my friends. I'm really not. I know it's silly. It's a fake show. You know, it's like grow up, you snowflake. But just like I said, watching this last one, I, I genuinely have reactions to Star Wars. It's not bullshit. Yeah, I, I get a little animated and, and out of control on this show. I mean, you can ask people to know me. You can ask my wife. I mean, the whole time we're watching The Mandalorian together as a family, I can't sit down. Because <laughs> I know it's coming, so I'm sitting there, I'm watching their reactions, I'm there to explain stuff to them. I love that shit. I'm a fucking dork. I love Star Wars, that's why we got a fucking Star Wars podcast that no one listens to, and I still dedicate a lot of time to it. I love it! I get the feels from it. It makes me feel like a human. Outside of that, I never feel human. I have no emotions, I'm basically <laughs> a fucking robot. Emotions feel weird to me. But Star Wars always knows how to get them brewing, uh, whether it be the yeah or the oh, no, I'm going to feel fucking sick type of shit. So I'm, I'm expecting that that sick feeling will be kicking in uh, when we see the credits roll on S2E5 The Jedi. It could definitely be one of those kicks in the nuts. So um, excited. I'm super excited about this episode. This is going to be this is the Filoni episode as well. For those of you. Yeah. Keeping track of I mean, directors. come on. Um, and you know when Filoni's in the chair, it's something special. So. Yeah, just, it, it's going to be a treat from start to finish. Uh, I mean, stuff as basic as set dressing will be special in this episode. Yeah. Uh, the way Ahsoka is presented will be special. Uh, 
can we uh, have can can we have a, a ask heather segment live <laughs> possibly the the reason you know she's never down here to smack me and, and tell me to calm down is because she has to be the overlord of the little one while I do this. Otherwise, I, I typically take on that responsibility when I'm not doing real life work, which I do scattered throughout the day. That's the beauty of having a non-traditional education type of job right now. Yep. There's, there's no nine to five for this guy. Same for me, which is nice right now. <laughs> All right, my friend, before we get into this week's fan segment, and uh, hopefully we don't get a bunch of uh, returns on the Star Wars Time show, because uh, as we're kind of looking right now, this could be our shortest episode in quite some time. We, we actually are keeping keeping schedule pretty well in 138 here. Yeah. Uh, Kev's Collectibles, not sure if you're coming from Instagram or you have a different uh, handle on Instagram, but I like you. Okay. There we I go. Like you. Yes, you. you he, he's giving us. He's giving us shout outs on comic book videos. He hey. just said he subscribed. He said he's having a fun time being in here, nerding out with the, with, with the two dorks he sees on his screen. That's what we've been trying to yeah. fucking tell See? everyone. See, he's bringing some life to the chat too. Kev is keeping the chat alive. Yeah, I like Kev's, it. Kev's collectibles. Not sure if you come from the Instagram universe or if you just stumbled upon this mess. Welcome or, to the or, game. If, or if one of our super fans tricked you into uh <laughs> drinking the swts kool-aid like the ch- children of the watch did for din either way we speak your name you are now a part of us there we go. okay so before the fan segment which you know this is like kev's where we're popping his cherry here <laughs> uh we're going to talk about the new toy releases uh, these days we do the new toy towards the end of the show just so we can get right into the good stuff just in case uh, we have any fans that aren't just toy nuts and toy photographers. Uh, but we know the Mando's going on, which means we got Mando Mondays every fucking week. It's getting kind of monotonous at this point in time. But hey, I still look at it and I still kind of eyeball things that I think I would like. And that's what we're going to report on here. Um, oh, shit. So he actually stumbled on the show as a suggested show on YouTube. Fucking A. That's YouTube what the liking. Us? Yes, that's shit. what the liking and comments do. Please hey. keep them up. I mean, we still have a zero following. Just imagine <laughs> if we had fifteen hundred subs or two thousand or five thousand. I'm not going to be happy until ten thousand. To that number, <laughs> that that's a somewhat respectable number. Anything under that is is bullshit. It's it's two guys, you know, with their thumbs up their ass doing a Star Wars show in their respective basements. All right. Anyways, Mando Monday lineup. Uh, we got a few cool things this week, even things that, uh, Sir Nick may be down with, uh, and those are going to be the Mandalorian ultimate visual guide. Yep. Uh, if, if these come out for every property, they're actually quite well done. Uh, Pablo Hidalgo does all the writing, but it's really just a, a huge book with nice glossy pages, the same type of size and pages that I want Super Scoundrel to fucking make, right? <laughs> I want Super Scoundrel to make me one of these of all his art. Uh, but these are awesome. I, I don't know, Nick, if you have any of these for the yeah, other properties. I typically always get the visual guides because you get like, they're almost like comic book cross sections of a yeah there you go that that's uh was that rise of skywalker Skywalker. yeah it just it it breaks everything down you get characters costumes and you get little anecdotes uh, about them so yeah uh, i I think you know yeah i I think that's that's going to be great but they also 
I don't know if you can get it now or, or you can finally pre-order it, but the art of the Mandalorian is, is going to be available. And this is one by Phil. Nick, you always say his name better than me. Shostak. Yeah, Shostak and, and Doug Chang. Yes. These are always a must-buy for me. I, I try to buy every art book for Star Wars. I even have the massive double double bound black 500 pound weighing Ralph McQuarrie art books, which are, I mean, McQuarrie, they're they're so big that you can't even look at them. Like (laughs) they each weigh like 25 fucking pounds. Uh, but, but it's good stuff here. So, uh, those are, those are good ones. And it looks like tones is telling us that they're not coming out till 2021. So happy Mando Monday in a year. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the figures that people may get into, the TVC is still getting a lot of love. A yeah. lot of love here. I'm sorry. Tones clarified the visual guide is 2021. The art of the book, December. So nice little uh, holiday gift if you want to snag one. They're usually no more than 25 26 bucks, And they look great in a bookshelf or on a coffee table. And no, we're not getting paid to promote, obviously. Uh, we don't get anything. We actually pay to do this show. Le- <laughs> legitimately pay money and don't make it back to deliver this yeah, fucking show. Yeah, Think host. about that. And, and when you're rolling your eyes when I'm sitting here bitching and moaning about a shitty following. Gotta right? host the, uh, the site for you guys. That Fuck, costs- dude, hosting the site, hosting the goddamn audio now yeah. has become the big, the big spend. That, that's 30 to 40 a month depending on how many ins and outs I have for my AWS S3 bucket. Get some tech nerds. <laughs> All right, TVC collection. This one, I'm not going to get too angry because I think it's a different pram, but we are going to get a TVC, the child, in a pram, and I think it's a season two pram, and the pram, whatever the fuck that is, that's his little egg thing. Yep. And at first, I was like, isn't, wasn't this one of the special tier unlocks from the HasLab Razor Crest? But I believe in that one, Nick, the difference is he will be coming in Kuil's pram. Okay, so the original. Right. Well, not yeah. the original. Not the original. Remember, but- the original got tossed aside when mm-hmm. Mando stole the baby, and then Kuil built him a new one, I believe, in episode seven. Uh, so that's, that's kind of cool. But then look at this. We get, we're getting a grief cardboard mm-hmm. season two style uh in in tvc yeah i mean it looks good i mean these are all digital renders right 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 for those of you who don't uh who don't like digital renders because they don't show you what the actual product looks like these are all digital renders you could really tell with grief because his face looks like a fucking video game face yeah um i'm glad that karg is getting some love cardboard is getting some love because like you said up until what two weeks ago he didn't have a single figure which seems a little messed up. No, and it's like TVC. I mean, they're they're right on it. I think they're going to have a, an S one cardboard and now a season two cardboard black series line. Who the fuck knows? I mean, we just got the news that his black series figure is available, and it's definitely his S one. Uh, but he didn't get the Hot Toys treatment. Uh, I think at this point, it's only him and and Kara that aren't in Hot Toys from season one. Uh, we all know I basically had the entire wave pre ordered of that. Uh, and I probably would snag a grief if they dropped one out. Yeah, Kara, uh, Gina, Gina made that easy for me. I, no fucking <laughs> way would I spend two hundred fifty dollars yeah. on a on a Kara doll at this yeah. point. Uh, so Kev says that he's got the Hot Toys Deluxe Mando Baby Yoda. Just to let you know, Kev, since your first time here, this entire chat and most of our listeners are all toy photographers. So they've got the they've got Hot Toy stuff. Oh yeah, got yeah. Black you, you are stuff. you are with your own kind, my friend. You yeah. you have found your flock, <laughs> if you will. Not only are we Star Wars nuts, 
Uh, but outside of Nick, the co-host here, we're all fucking collector nuts, like insane. And I'm probably the king of the insane ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I too have, I have the entire Hot Toys 1-6 scale Mando S1 uh, wave on pre-order, if not summer here. In fact, this guy showed up just this last week. If you're on the live stream, there is my incinerator Barbie. Looking good. Looking a little too white and polished, but that's fine. I'm not going to muck up a $200 plus figure. All right. That, I'll do that with the $20 ones, you know, shit on it, rub some shoe polish and stab it and light fireworks on it. Not, not these uh, expensive Barbies. Uh, all right. So uh, this one, and actually, I need to see if I can still get this because I forgot to order it yesterday. But we got a new Lego set based on The Mandalorian Season 2. So I believe this is going to be the first full Beskar Lego minifigure Mando. Nice. Uh, we already have a child, so that's not new. But it's essentially, a, it's, a, it's, it's a set from S2E1. You're going to be able to build his speeder bike. You're going to be able to throw the child on the back of it. Uh, you're going to build a, a Tusken Raider hut as well as their uh, mega crossbows or ballistas, whatever the fuck you would call that, that they tried to use on the crate Dragon. Good right. stuff. Oh, Papa Palpatine dropping Papa's in. here. Ah, Papa, you missed all the good Mando talk, my friend. We all know right. how Papa feels about Mando. We know. <laughs> yeah, he told us last week. Him and the, Nick. Him and Nick are, are Team Bo Katan <laughs> for life, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as as it should be. As it should be, Bo Katan for life. Fucking right, Papa. Yeah. Hey, Kev's. I know this has become the Kev show, but he's very <laughs> active on the stream, and we do like that. It it just it provides for more back and forth. It almost makes us feel like we have callers. I was actually I was listening to Sarah Sarah Silverman. She started a new podcast, Nick, and this is actually not a bad idea. Uh, but she has people just leave her voicemails and then she'll address some of those on the show. You so know, there, that, that, there's like, there's an easy way you can do that. I, I can't remember what it was. I think like you can either set up like a, like a Skype phone number or yeah. like a Skype, like some sort of like messaging service through like for free. And you can just do that. Like people can call in and, and, and leave shit. Like yeah. That. I mean, it, it might be something to think about. Just, you know, get, get some fan uh, voicemails playing on the show to hear how fucking crazy they are or how much they hate us. Yeah. And we uh, can also it, make fun of their accents. Cause we know that a lot of our <laughs> listeners are international tones from the UK. Yeah. They, they, uh, they, they sound better than, from, than our hick asses. I mean, to the rest yeah. of the world, we all sound like the South, you know that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, like that's people true. In England think we all talk we like just... over in the UK. They think we all talk like this and y'all going to get you some chewing tobacco to spit in that spittoon and shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, we're all either Texans or we're bayou folk down yeah. in those bayous in can Louisiana. You, can, you, can you channel the bayou considering you were born I, and raised I, there or I, were your parents so sanitized that you can't even do it? Like, Taylor can tell, like, obviously with your parents, you can't really pick out accents because you grew up with them. Taylor can catch the accent with my mom, but my dad, like, he's, he's, like, he's got a little bit of one, but he's, he's pretty like, flat. Oh, Nicky boy, go get you some crawl, daddy, dad in the bayou, nah, go wash your LSU Tigers, beat off all the Gators. That's what my uncle sounds like. My <laughs> uncle sounds like that. My uncle, if you've ever seen the movie Waterboy, my uncle sounds like Farmer Fran. 
So it's got like you. he's definitely got the 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 thick, heavy bayou accent. He says turlet instead of toilet. <laughs> like he's, he literally his accent. I is, love the turlet. It's like people in Philly call it water instead of water. Like uh, yeah. you, you want a water, you want some water ice. Like, no, the washing fish. machine. It's like, what the it's fuck's wrong water. with you people? Where is the R in wash? Yeah, no, I, like turlet. <laughs> when I'm at home or when I'm speaking to my family, my my accent comes out a little bit more because I like I'm comfortable around them. Right. And- that's I, I. That's why I ask. I mean, I suck because. I grew up in Pittsburgh for the fir- first 14 years, but my parents were from Philly, so I don't have the Pittsburgh ease, which is another very distinct dialect up here in the north. You know, yins and go down Route 8, go downtown, check out the Stillers and shit like that, you know, <laughs> get an Iron City. Uh, but then I moved to Columbus, Ohio when I was in high school, and I've kind of mucked around in the Midwest. I, I, I did some time in Michigan. I did a year and a half down in Texas. But I, I've settled into that janky... Midwest kind of long a bullshit. I my yeah. accent's terrible. Like I, I'd almost rather sound like someone from the South, but no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for me, having lived in Louisiana for twenty seven years, and and for the last five in Texas, I really don't. I haven't picked up any distinct accent from what I can tell. There are some words where like I'll it'll nah. crawl out and you'll have like a southern. I, I kind noticed of to it. when I lived in Texas, and I hate saying it, and I, I don't say it anymore, but I did get into the y'all stuff y'all and fixing. Is, yeah. Fixing is a huge one in Texas. Like those motherfuckers, they're fixing to do shit all the time. Yeah, do, I, do, like the fixins. I'm fixing to go here. I'm fixing to uh-huh. fix this. It's just like okay, well, just fix it. Why you got to fix it to fix it? Yeah, it's. You pick it, y'all has always been with me and like, I, I kind of stick with that, but I just like, I don't know why. I think also I'm, I'm with, a, with I do you guys, I do a you guys, and I, I try not to do yins, but yins is the picks, the, the, the Pittsburgh. The, the I'm Pittsburgh. even calling it Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's a, yins, gum bands, <laughs> like, you know, rubber band in Pittsburgh. It's a gum band. What the it's, not a, it's not a rubber band. It's a gum band. That's a. Uh... Definitely have never heard that. It's before. not a roof. It's a roof. It's not a route. It's it's not a route. It's a route. Okay. Yeah. All right. But no, uh, speaking of, we'll, we'll kind of move on from the, uh, the uh, accent tangent here, but I like it, but, but tones and looks like Kev is saying he's from New Zealand. Uh, when I used to game, when I used to game online, uh, predominantly with people from the UK and, and I'm talking like the, all the islands there. Like we, we would have an, an Irish guy. We'd have a fucking Welsh guy on there. And according to people in the UK, the Welsh are like their sheep fuckers. <laughs> so like you, the, well, dude, I'm telling you like Welsh to me, it, it's not even English. Like I have no fucking clue what, what Welsh is and their slang. Uh, Tones is saying like, he's got some Scottish in him. And that's another version of the English language that is nearly impossible to figure out what they're saying, even though yeah. they're, they're talking your language. I used to be, you know, we'd play Gears of War and they'd be like, Hey, 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 mate. I'm like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, I know we're speaking English. I know we, we deliver it differently, but what did, are you saying words? He's like, what's coming out of your mouth? Like literally Chris Rock or Chris Tucker from fucking Russia. Yeah, because they get going like like a Welsh person. If they just get going and they're talking as if they're talking to, you know, other Welsh people or, or yeah. English speakers, they just flow like we would. And I'm just sitting there going, I, I feel like I'm listening to a whole different dialect. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's weird. So maybe maybe one time because we used to do I think we did 
ask us anything twice in the past. So maybe if we do and ask us anything again, I just don't think that enough enough people will be fucking smart enough to follow the link and then drop a voice message. But if we can get people to do that, that would be an interesting. Yeah, it'd way be to nice. And Tones brought up a good point. Discord has voice stuff too. I'm not yeah. sure if we could use the voice channel to do something. But yeah, it's for for Discord. It's it's more like a Skype alternative where it's like live voice chat. I don't know if you can right. like record and then send. If you can do that, then that would be a good way to do it. Yeah, it just it'd be funny to hear some people because be like, hello, hello, yeah. hello, hello from across the pond. To us four it's hours me. every week. So it's, it's me, Tones, top <laughs> of the morning. Morning to ya. We have to listen to we'd have to listen to every message three times because we just laugh through the first two. Oh no. I just I, I suck at doing accents. Like I would have to listen to a British accent for about the next half hour to even attempt to do a good one. Cause I, I go right into the stereotypes, like the hello, gobna, like that 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 type of bullshit that no one even says over there anymore. Uh, oh no, we got a we got a war between Australia and yeah, New Zealand right now. Apparently yeah, Kev, New- Kevin Gregg. <laughs> Oh, apparently New Zealand which to me is middle earth on earth like yeah. I, I'll never I never have a bad thing to say about New Zealand and they were the first country civilized country developed country to, wipe to out. knock out coronavirus because they're not fucking idiots down there uh, but what Peter Jackson showcased of that island I would love to live there myself uh, hang out there with fucking Tamara Morrison do some tribal dances and get fucking tattoos yeah one of my one of Taylor's friends moved to New Zealand with her boyfriend, and she loves it. She loves it there. So. Yes. Uh, wow, that was a fun little tangent before we kick off the fan segment. Hey, that's what we're here for. That's what we do. We're never going to shortchange anyone on a Star Wars Time Show live stream. So, uh, if you're new here, we are now transitioning into the fan segment, which is where we do the fan question of week responses. Uh, when we're feeling like it, when it makes sense, we used to have our battle brackets during this this segment where we, Nick would pair up various Star Wars characters and have them kill each other. Uh, but during Mando, we just do the fan question, then we get into the top five Star Wars fan arts features of the week. But we're going to start with the question, Nick, which uh, we're not getting original during the Mando. We just we're, we're feeling it out. What did our fans think about the most recent episodes? So let me go ahead and bring up our Slack window, drop the browser. The question is up. And also, this is my cue to take a massive leak. Yes. So, I so will Nick, be... I'm going to let you take the first few and I will return. Yeah. yeah. Matt will have Basta Jan's long answer at the back end. So question was, what was your favorite part of Mando S2E4? Did you like Carl Weathers work? Uh, first response up is from the blockbuster guy. He says, great job. The whole speeder sequence was well done. And Matt talked a little bit about that earlier in the show. He loved that speeder sequence as well. It felt like, like we said, it kind of felt very 80s action. You know, like Carl injected that into it because that was his time. Like that was when he was at his biggest was the 80s action. And he really got it in there uh, good with episode four. Uh, Next up is our good friend Grief Cardboard. And his answer is cardboard. That is all. And for those of you who have been following the show... You know him saying cardboard is all that's needed. The the reintroduction of Grief Karga into the Mandalorian was with episode four. Uh, obviously with somebody with the handle of Grief Cardboard, of course that would be his favorite part. So that makes sense for him. 
next up, we have a new responder here uh, by the name of Brown. <laughs> brown Bottle Bo- Flu. Yeah, Brown Bottle Flu. It's, so it's he's like a, a bottle full of diarrhea. It's, it sounds like the, a drunk. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's the, old, <laughs> the old beer flu. The, huh? the beer flu. So um, I'm excited that it looks like the Mandalorian is going to do for the sequels what the Clone Wars did for the prequels. Fill in the gaps and flesh out the stories. That's what we talked about uh, specifically around like the force infusions, the M count and all this stuff that's going on with the baby Yoda blood. So brown bottle flu is really interested in that. Good shit. Oh, look, look at this. who's back look in. Look at this. And he even graced our two lowly asses with his presence in the chat today. Yeah. This guy's getting double fucking billing. Yeah. And I've got some words when we get to his picture, but I, I'll save uh, it for that. I don't know if Jesse is still in the chat, but he was definitely here for a good majority that of the show. Motherfucker. So everything Kylo. I love good it. Friend. I love our boys is interacting yeah. with us again. I was starting to get sad. <laughs> I mean, we said this before, but for the new people, this motherfucker, everything Kylo was one of the OGs, one of the original hardcore Star Wars time show fans. I believe he was even there before Greggy Boy. Yeah, he was. Uh, it was it was Jesse and, and and Jared at Sir Dork. We used to call them the goats because yep. they were like the, the first big accounts we would talk about and they would actually interact with us. So uh, I, I love seeing everything Kylo back in SWTS land. Uh, I know he took a detour last well, or earlier this year. He got into the Dio making business, uh, making some killer looking shit, uh, Mandalorian safe house dioramas, but he's, he's slowly creeping back into the pick game yep. and that has brought him back home to us. The SWTS. There we go. So his response is, Oh man, a good old trench chase, bad ass. I so see these, as a new Star Tours attraction, am I right or am I right? There you I think go. you're right. Because this shit, you're right. He's 100% right. Because this shit would fit perfectly into Star Tours. Right. I don't know the last time you wrote it, Matt. I know you were at Disney earlier. I, I, I just went in March because, yeah. I mean, these days, Nick, that ride is wide the fuck open. Yeah. I mean, you, you could ride Star Tours all you want because everyone's trying to get on uh, uh, ride, ride, Rise of the Resistance or the Man, Falcon. Uh, yeah, the Falcon. So. Uh, I agree. And I I really do want to see some Mando injected in the Star Tours. It's clearly the bell cow now that we're a little bit outside of the movies for now. Yeah. I mean, bring in shit like this. Bring in shit like, you know, what we saw in season one with the, you know, IG-11 and the baby running down all the, on the way to town. I mean... Uh, that kind of no, stuff. Well, I mean, th- this is our second comment on that chase. And like I said, it was it was my f- favorite moment. It was just it was it was shot very well. Uh, there was some cheekiness to it, like the fact that they use a turbo laser to take out one scout trooper from point blank range. Yeah, point blank. That's that beautiful was... stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So from one goat to another, this is Sir Dork 730. Jared. Holy shit. Look at this. It's like a, the all stars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says Carl Weathers is a beast. I loved hearing him drop the M word. Plus, I can't wait to find out what those big black troopers are. Or are they droids? Who knows? We don't know yet. Uh, they were pretty static when we saw them. Well, so we know they're, they're at least being called dark troopers in the Mandalorian. We just don't know. Will they be filled with androids, full droids, a little bit of this, a little mm-hmm. bit of that, a little freaky Maybe deaky? cybernetic, like, you know, go fucking cyberpunk on these and make it like there human. Uh, like More human hybrids. than human. 
but Sorry. He, and Jared, Jared is a big prequel fan. Like he, he made his Star Wars kind of fandom come out of the prequels. Yep. So TPM is his favorite. You know, like midichlorians and all of that. That's where he kind of grew up on Star Wars. The so, M word, so. like like it's taboo. It really yeah. was. I mean, Dude. George brought it up, and then everyone was like, "Stay people away!" You know, fucking, like the, the finger cross, like get away. Yeah, <laughs> people fucking hate midichlorians, dude. But now they're. I mean, like. I think M count one bitch. Property, I mean, M count sounds so much more street. Yeah. It's like, yeah, M count got my motherfucking M count if, high and shit. If one show can save it, it's it's the Mandalorian. <laughs> it's not going to be anything else except Mando. All right, next up, action figure snaps. This is Adrian. He was in our top five last week. He says, "Great episode. My favorite part was the opening scene with Mando trying to coach the child into yep. doing his ship repairs." Having a two-year-old, I can relate to this so much. Glad the little dude was okay there after you that go. shot. Yeah, Adrian is hitting on exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, mine's four and a half now, but it's still, because we do preschool every day. And I'm like, yo, which one is the fucking, what rhymes with blue? And there's literally something there. Uh, it, it, what was the word today? Blue. Uh, canoe. I, I gave her a pass on canoe. She wasn't going to know that. But it was something so <laughs> obvious. I'm like, it's just, it, you know, you're like, come on, you can do it. And you're seeing their brain try to work. And it's like, oh, no. It's like, <laughs> like oh, shit. Did oh, I just no, break this kid? Yeah, they're, they're not going to get it. She <laughs> is going to cross the wires and fucking burn the house down. Oh, yeah. All right. So next up, we got action figure noob, a.k.a. Brian. I believe he's in chat. He says, uh, I'm hyped finally knowing a little bit more of what Gideon's intentions are from this episode. Can't wait to see him in action again. It should be, maybe coming soon, Brian, maybe coming soon, uh, potentially next episode. Yeah. And you know, if you're keyed into the star Wars time show last year, you would have known what he was. Uh, up you would have to. known all of this was coming. Thank we you. called episode Thank names. You. We called plots. <laughs> we called everything. I knew it all. I know it all still. I'm just don't, I just don't want to share. All right. Next up, we got Hans Greedo. He says the speeder chase again. This speeder chase was fucking big, man. Purely Star Wars. Chubbs gets two big thumbs Look up. That. We even get a, a Happy Gilmore reference happy here. Gil- yeah, gets cardboard is universal. I mean, that, that guy spans generations. He does, dude. He does. And next one, this is for you, sir. This is the Darth Hideous, aka <sighs> Bossajan, aka Star Wars Toys seventy three response. Oh shit! What I just do? Broke it. Uh, hold on, I, I zoomed in a little bit. I can still see. I don't need old people glasses yet. OAC, damn it, set your alarm. You know it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Darth Hideous's uh, opus of the week. <sighs> Episode four. The Empire Strikes Back again, again. Carl did a fantastic job with action and exposition-filled episode. I particularly love the way the Razor Crest almost shakes itself apart when it came in to land on Navarro. The old bitch looked rickety and janky as shit. We got some great comedy from the little green asshole. However, I got triggered when I saw macarons in the classroom. Those little French cunts are my nemesis as a chef. I love seeing the Empire in action, even if it was shit. And I'll clarify that in a moment. Truly seeing stormtroopers and scout troopers in action gave me a tickle on the pickle. I'd forgotten how much fun it was seeing them on screen, but I'm getting sick of them being the brunt of jokes. Let's be real. The Empire was a ruthless killing machine. 
You don't subjugate a whole galaxy by being a retard with a blaster. These guys are like Nazis, cold-blooded killing machines, ruthless and terrifying. Even though they aren't the elite and are only remnant, they shouldn't be a fucking joke. Make them horrifyingly efficient at killing! Make the threat real. Let's see them actually fucking kill. Literally an old bounty hunter, an ex-drop trooper, and an accountant took out nearly a whole fucking garrison, including some fucking TIE fighters! Come on! We can lose Vegina Carano at this stage. Who would care? I did love seeing how freaked out the Mando was when they realized what the Empire was up to and his desperation to get back to the little green asshole. It was great. Seeing the crest blow the ties out of the sky was awesome, especially the rollover freefall maneuver. Again, I love this episode and will continue to love them, but stop treating the Empire as a joke. And hopefully the shadow troopers slash purge troopers we see at the end of the episode with Gideon will once again fill our ears with the chant of long live the empire, long live the empire. Whoa, man. Seems like Bastajan is, you know, uh, an imperial sympathizer. Yeah, seems like he's uh, he's he's wearing the white suit, you know? He, he's, he's, he's definitely out there clicking his heels together yeah. and doing the one-handed salute. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think was, that's it, right, for this that week's is it uh, for, fan suggestions? For the fan questions, the fan right. responses this week. Well, and I got it. And Jesse in the chat, in cap, says, I completely agree! He wants, so. they, want, they want all of our heroes to be shot and killed by the yeah. Empire for something. Kill them all. <laughs> Let the force sort them I out. I will say, say that if you look at, you have to look outside of like the main character because of course they're not going to fucking kill the main characters, guys. Of course not. You have to look. They killed a lot of people. They set Uncle Owen and Amparu on fire. They killed go. all those Jawas. Yeah, the they beginning. beat up those little short people really good. They got them. They sh- they and had they to shoot and- fifteen times to hit each one, but they got them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. Because even old Ben was like, "These these uh, blaster marks are too precise to too be precise. the work of sand people." Exactly. Like, well, who are you talking about, old Ben? There's another fucking lie, Kenobi. Exactly. But they just they just panic when they're like, "Oh my god, it's Luke Skywalker! How do I shoot?" Yeah. They just forget. <laughs> they just don't know what to do. In this one, we did get their one of my favorite lines. They said, "I think this was from uh, uh, Episode Four too, but they didn't say it's them blast them. It was like." They're there. Blast them. Yeah. But that, was, that was a callback Clo- to it. It's that. Blast them. Close enough. All right. Now okay. we're into. Here we go. The final segment of the show. The top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. This comes Bingo. from our Instagram feed. So if you guys want to get involved and you do toy shots, or you do art, make sure to tag us at Star Wars Time Show on your shots. Make sure to use hashtag Star Wars Time Show on your posts. We will see them. We will like Boom. them. Matt will put them in a folder to and, be and doing them featured. doing them both is uh, very key now, much more so than in the past. Until mm-hmm. IG turns hashtags back to normal, and everyone should know what I'm talking about at this point. At least those that tune in for this segment, you got to tag our account. Hashtags are essentially you 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 hashtag your shot and it goes out into the ether, and it's a crapshoot if I'm going to see it or not because currently on Instagram. All hashtags are not displayed in chronological order. 
It's to block the spread of uh, misinformation and stupid shit from the morons of the world. Yes. So I'm fine with it, but we are missing people sharing their shit with the Star Wars Time Show. So please, as Nick said, tag at Star Wars Time Show in everything. We want you to use the hashtag so the number looks good on it and people are like, oh, people actually care about the Star Wars Time Show. It's an active tag. Nick is right. But... To guarantee to get your shot in front of my eyes, and I am the gatekeeper for being featured on our Instagram account, Nick is the top five gatekeeper, but again, you want me to see it, the best way to do that right now is to use them both. Tag the account and use the hashtag. Yep, that is how you do it. And if you want to get involved in the fan question of the week too, that is posted on our IG story and our IG feed. It's also shared to Facebook and Twitter, but we're getting most of our responses from the Instagram community. Um, all right, so let's get into the top five this week. This is a plus one, Damn plus one week. Matt and specifically requested an honorable mention. I did. I had to. So I mean, I had to. We we have to honor Basta Jan's homage <laughs> to the show, to the Hat Saga. It had to be talked about. So that will be our honorable mention at the end. So first up in the top five from me is from at posable underscore art on Instagram. This is the first time this this yep. uh, account is being featured, and it is a fantastic uh, Darth Maul shot. Oh, yeah, Maul. he's got him. Uh, he or she, we, we never really know uh, genders, and that's fine. We're, we're, we're cool with all that. You can be whoever you want. We don't fixate on nonsense like some people. Um, but it looks like he's got his hand on the Hot Toys solo mall already yeah it's that's uh, this, this what he's got a tag as yeah the six scale hot toys mall so this is mall as based on his appearance at the end of the solo film uh, and a lot of people are kind of shitting on this figure and I, I think at posable art makes him look pretty excellent pretty menacing here i like the the fact that he imposed him into this uh this background i mean it's it's a it's such a cool background to put mall in because it just makes his his visage stand out even more. The red, the red glow from his lightsaber, the atmospheric effects. He, I feel like he did a lot of post work here, specifically with the background, and it looks like the fog that he's using was also added in post. Yeah, Nick, I'm going with this as a full composited shot, meaning he probably shot Maul, uh, I'm assuming, with, the, with a red light facing him down at the bottom, it looks like. Probably against a, a white or black background, probably white, and then just, you know, stitched him out slap this nice uh more more stylized and, and vfx heavy background on it yeah i mean uh overall very good shot uh posable art has some other good stuff on his account too so make sure to give him a follow looks like he he likes shooting his darth revan a lot as well so um at posable p-o-s-a-b-l-e underscore art on instagram yeah this, this is one of those rare i like to call him a first and first Oh, okay. uh, because I believe this was Posable's first just general feature on our IG account. And then within the same week, Nick laid his his sword on him, kind of like a knight <laughs> used to or the queen when she would knight someone. And he has now blessed him with the top five questions from the chat so far from Kev. He says, do you guys use dry ice for fog? As well? uh, I know. I know Scott Blind is a I don't think he gets down with the live stream or the show. So <laughs> shame on him. And I'm just kidding. I like Scott, but I'm pretty sure he, he has a dry ice method. Uh, Kev, I can tell you, most people are using canned aerosol spray, fog machines, 
I've recently started using my hand steamer again. All that stuff works very well for that type of effect. There you go. Um, next up in the top five, this is from at Marky Mark zero. Oh yeah. I, that is a nice looking custom there. Of this Bo Katan. This is beautiful. Yes. A, a beautiful Bo Katan. I'm going to call this a scene recreation shot from her episode of the Mandalorian S three or S two E three, the heiress as she's walking down the hallway, both blasters drawn and just fucking massacring all of these Imperial Ronin troopers on her way to the, uh, to the cockpit. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's a perfect shot. It's a perfect oh, representation. Hey, Posable was in the chat. Hallelujah. We oh, always like that. Because now we can kind of trick you, hopefully, to become a fan and watch every episode and not ones where we just talk about your work. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the trade-off now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you'll, get used to, you'll get used to me and, and my warped sense of humor and the yeah. way I act on this show. He tries to gu- guilting people into yeah, listening keep, to the show. Keep the tagging. Add us hashtag us yes very and good join word. in hey if you got time on a tuesday turn on this stupid shit you never know yes so um <laughs> i mean this was a very high like shot on our account oh, yeah. to 800 now, we're, yeah we're back to at marky mark and i think nick spelled it but i'll do it again because i like to practice my spelling m-a-r-k-i-e-m-a-r-c-029 yes and uh just this bo shot. so you're saying this is a custom figure yeah this this does not exist in the in the uh, 112 scale lineup at this point in time i don't even know how dude crafted this one i mean he it it has to be kit bashing i'm trying to think of another star wars female figure that is, that is built this way maybe it's a sabine body that he painted over that that's all i can really think if you of. look at the original shot on his page too he has her without the helmet on so it's the Katie right no you're, you're exactly right it's even a and i'll i've just switched that on the live stream and i'll, I'll bring up the but it's a legit fucking uh bo katan face sculpt as well yeah uh, so Marky Mark, if you listen, I know, I, I think you listened the last time we, when you had you on there, please fill us in either on the DMS or if you're in the chat here, hiding, uh, let us know how you crafted this figure or who built it for you. Cause I'm sure other listeners, especially the toy photographers and collectors, uh, would be willing to plunk down some coin on a custom like this because it, it's just it's very well done. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful work there. On I the mean, if you if you if I want to be an asshole, you could say, well, it doesn't really have the the night owl the paint color. on the on the helmet. This yeah. this is more like Bo Katan. This was before like, she broke from Death Watch for real. Yeah, yeah. So not not completely dead on with the armor, but still a beautiful shot. It's fucking killer, figure. man. Like I mean, I'll punch myself. I mean, th- th- this is a work of art. People that fucking customize this shit and then take good pictures of it again. Yeah. Tip my hat. Tip my hat. There we at go. At best, at best, I get lucky with a good snap. No fucking way I could create a character like that. Yeah, it's impressive work. At Marky Mark 029 on Instagram. Give him a follow. Next I gotta up, kill my heat. I know I, it's probably I, 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 right I want to call this the return of the king, but that's that's like a Lord of the Rings reference. So it's the return <laughs> of the Jedi. A return go. of our good buddy. All right, you, you go ahead and pump him up because I got some words for him <laughs> on this shot. Go I'll make you feel up. good, Jesse, and then Matt will rip you back down. Um, at well, you'll be angry Kylo. too once you get the insights into this shot. <laughs> so at everything Kylo on Instagram has hit us with a glorious, <laughs> uh, non-full Beskar Mando. So this is old Mando armor. Nick, from this S1. is actually this is from someone else in the in the community. SCR Picks, I believe he's making these figures. 
Okay, so this is another. They, custom they're thing. being they're being marketed as essentially Mezco 112 Collective handmade custom figures, but with Star Wars. Wow. Uh, I've had one of these on order. I don't know if the guy just took my money and I'm never going to get <laughs> mine, or if I was way down the list. Uh, but the fact that SCR Picks has now moved on to the full Beskar version in this style, which looks even better than this, I'm assuming. My order is lost and not going to be fulfilled. Just get Jesse to reach out because clearly Jesse's got the end with this guy. <laughs> I, 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 I may have to because, like I said, I, I've, I've plunked down at least $100 like a deposit on this thing. And I don't have mine yet. I have no updates. I'm not trying to throw SCR under the bus. I haven't really even reached out and asked. But it is starting to get weird when I'm seeing him working on a new project and my order is not done yet. So you, you never know. But anyways... I mean, clearly an awesome shot. I mean, this is this is everything Kylo like vintage. This is what he does. This is he's known for this type of work. Any of my explosion shots are always influenced by Brother Jesse. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that that uses the crackling balls and gets the fucking bokeh going with explosions. That is that is coming from this this gentleman right here. Yeah, everything Kylo. It the the way that that Jesse everything Kylo captures action and not just like you know action like this. I mean, we've seen so many different shots of Jesse. His is like comic book style, over the top, fucking wicked action. Like yeah. like even crazier shit than you'd see in the movies. Yeah, and it's just, it's not just like what we see here too. It's you know the the mashups that he does and everything else like. One of the first shots I remember seeing from from Jesse was actually it wasn't even a Star Wars shot. It was a shot of a it was like a T-Rex chasing the the DeLorean from fucking Back to the Future. I was like, what the hell is going on yeah. here? Yep. Who is this guy? And I mean, he just Jesse just continues to pump no, out. He's great, man. Shit. I mean, he he's like he's a, he's a practical guy only. I mean, he's like me, doesn't want to fuck around in, in a photo shop. I mean, I think the most post-processing work he'll probably commit to, like myself, is adding in a lightsaber if you have to. I mean, you know, there's not going to be a lot of lot of uh, frilly, frivolous shit in here, like uh, drawn-in blaster bolts. I mean, Jesse's, it's all about <laughs> capturing the action moment, the fucking pose, right? Yep. I mean, it's like, he, he looks like a fucking ninja here. That's like I said, I mean, you wouldn't even see this in the show. Jesse kind of take he puts that, that anime flair on it. Yeah, kind of like how they were doing on Star Wars Kids YouTube. Yeah. Where they were giving us shorts of, of Star Wars moments, but doing it in that anime over the top, in your face, fucking loud style. Yeah. All right. Now that, we, now that we've uh, <laughs> pumped them up, it's time to tear them down. All right. So he's, he's having a good time. He's over there. He just creamed his jeans, all that fun stuff. <laughs> Nick, I'll tell you right now. I know you think it's funny. This shot right here, he didn't tag us in. Or hashtag us. This is one of those deals where it breaks my goddamn heart. This happens for a few accounts. A lot of the a lot of the bigger accounts, the ones that you know are around from the get go, they're putting out awesome Star Wars art and they forget their boys. Completely forget their boys. There's no hashtag. There's no account tags. They're just relying on the algo to show us their work. And you know what? I thought Jesse was above that type of bullshit. You know, that, that, that's, for, that's for those other accounts, those other influencers, the, those doing the ad shots out there. But no, <laughs> Brother Man, the GOAT, 
leaves us out completely on this shot, yet we still honor him. I still slid him past the gate and threw him on the account. I think I even put in in the caption. Yeah, look, the fucking caption reads it. Uh, yeah. At everything Kylo may have forgot to tag us, but how could we punish him by not featuring this shot? Wink, wink, <laughs> motherfucker. Don't do it again. You hear me? You've been warned. You will be put in stasis. Whoa, there we go. No, strike that. Carbonite. Carbonite. You Matt's and fucking Mithril are going to be having eye problems in your left eye for the rest of your life. <laughs> so get with it. And the rest of you cocksuckers that forget to tag us, take this as your warning. It's bullshit. It makes me feel like an even bigger loser than I already do for doing this stuff. So stop it. You know what to do. You tag all those other jerk-off feature pages, right? <laughs> we all, you guys know who I'm talking about. You know all those feature accounts out there that don't do shit? You got people telling me we do so much for the community. Where is the fucking love in return? Come on! That's hot. Matt I'm just never I'm just, I'm just fucking playing around, you goofballs. <laughs> Matt's angry. That's right, Jesse. You fucking think about it tonight. I'm giving you 12 Hail Marys as penance, all right? It's like, it's like <laughs> going go. to confession. Matt's even doling out punishment yeah. now. It's like, like going like, to confession if you're, uh, hopefully you're a Catholic, Jesse, because I got you on 12 Hail Marys, and you know what? Throw in fucking eight Our Fathers, too, to make up for that sin. I, I, I can see. He said that he was just so excited <laughs> to get his first toy pick out in a while uh, that he just forgot. No, uh, the best I, part I, is he, he, he had a few others out there that I featured, and he actually's like, hey, man, not good enough to make the top five. And then on this one, he doesn't even tag us. <laughs> Oh, man. He tagged Dave uh, Filoni and John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey. It's just us fucking low lowlifes at the SWTS. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, Greggy boy, I'm not going to lie. You take that up with Nick because I, I thought wait. your most recent shot of the armorer was fantastically like, done. Guys, you th like everybody thinks that I look at account names before I feature a shot. I don't. I don't look at the account names until after I've no, lined up. No, and you five. can't even see them because it's just like you look at our grid, right? Yeah, I, mean, I look you, at the grid. I don't right. even I don't scroll through a feed. I look at our grid and I'm like, I like this shot, this shot, this <laughs> shot. I, I take like ten shots, and then I I have to whittle down from there. So, it's all good, Nick. Not, I, I mean, I, a, I know you, you like. I mean, trust me. Once once the show's over, Nick tunes the fuck out of Star Wars everything. Like I get people on Instagram now, uh, fucking. Uh, basically chasing us down like hey i keep tagging how come you haven't fucking shared anything yet it's like what the fuck motherfuckers like, guys who the fuck do you guys think you are i mean the star wars the black series at one hundred twenty thousand some followers get this stuff like hey dude i keep tagging you you better share my shit yeah it's, it's like fucking calm like, down look like matt uh, said he's got a folder <laughs> of things to be featured that's like 287 deep. here like i always talk about it I'll, I'll pull up my phone right now look well i don't want to show you all my nudes here we go <laughs> there's my albums swt features see this i know we're in black and white we are currently sitting at 197 that go back to about late october now look at all that shit that's all you motherfucking talented people that we appreciate but i'm one guy i do 12 a day and you guys turn in way more than 12 a day. So yeah. just be patient. It, it takes time. So if you've tagged us 
you're in the folder somewhere in the folder maybe i mean maybe yeah there's I still mean, some fucking janky shit yeah, that matt, gets submitted matt doesn't to us. take everything and just throw it up there he takes quality work I mean, there, there are accounts, Nick, that I wish would submit for our Matt shot breakdown segment because they're the ones that need it and yeah, would make like, for a fun segment because you the, look at the shots and you go, uh, <laughs> okay, Nick, good fan, work, thanks. The fan critique segments. Right. We should we should get some more because so far our fan critique segments have been people who want like their Like this stuff. Like, the, like this is cup. what Jesse would submit. Like, oh, guys, why don't you tell did me you what I did wrong this? in this shot? It's like, yeah, fuck you. It's a perfect shot, yeah, you man. asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so, so next stop, up. Stop turning in works of art for the <laughs> fan shop breakdown. Turn yeah. in shit that you know probably wasn't your best work. Yeah. All right, next but, up on the top we, five. We love you, Jesse. You're still a goat. We're just fucking with you, pal. <laughs> just fun to have you back. Uh, at TX Carlo oh, on yeah. Instagram with a fantastic Anakin Skywalker in action, cutting down yep. some droid shot. We got, the, we got the clone troopers in there with the them. The 501s with them. Wait, what? The 501, the 501. Yeah, you can see. I think that's Jesse there. He's got the big logo. It's, on it's his Jesse, head. Echo, and Fives because that's that's from the three pack that I actually bought. And because Nick, I don't know if you could tell, but these are the small figures. These are the three seven five. You know, Matt's wiener size figures. Yeah. Yes. I mean the yeah. I mean I could kind of tell, but the way that TX Carlo shoots it is you can't tell that these guys are that big. Three seven five. No, I, I, don't get me wrong. All you toy photographers are special you're all you're all important you're all talented in your own way but these motherfuckers that can take these little teeny weeny like here i'll, I'll hold up my mall I, I mean they're just tiny they they have almost no articulation uh, they're getting better but they still don't quite have the the sculpts that you're getting in hasbro's six inch line but I mean, guys like TX Carlo, Kingdom of Weird is another three seven five all star. It's just that the scenes they whip up are are so impressive, and they they do. It's like it's almost like it's it's false advertising, right? Because you look at this, and then you would look at these figures in your hand. You go, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you." Anakin doesn't look like that. Cause you get Anakin in your hand, he, he looks a little doofy. He looks like he ate some paint chips. But <laughs> what people like at TX Carlo can do with their staging, the practical effects, the the post processing effects, it's just it's insane what they've done with these tiny ass figures that really only bend these days. At least you're actually getting elbow bends now. Before it was just arm bend, like shoulder bends, uh, maybe a little bit around their waist and their heads turn. That's it. Yeah, I mean and. I mean, TX Carlo has done some like Lucasfilm level post processing here, like the sparks coming off of the cut from the uh, the droid yeah. leg that he's got there, from the uh, the Walker leg, the the laser bolts coming out from the from the clones. I mean, the atmospheric effects. I mean, this is just top level shit for three seven five figures. It's just beautiful work. So, um, and like Matt said, at this scale, at one eighteen scale, it is so hard to capture like action in essence like tx carlo yeah and, and not make them look like dead pieces of plastic i mean i always talk about that one of the hardest things in toy photography is taking these inanimate objects and and contorting their body in a way that they don't look like an inanimate object exactly. and, and you just you lose so many points of, of posability at this smaller line 
Uh, yet dudes like TX Carlo just fucking kill it. I they mean, do. I'm scrolling through his page now. Uh, he's someone that tags us in and out, forgets, doesn't forget. Just, let's let's get over that. They're the forget. most intense feature page on Instagram. No one else gives you this type of fucking attention. No one. <laughs> no one. I love Star Wars: The Black Series, but is, is is he doing this type of shit for you, motherfuckers? No. Get Not over it. But. He does have that 100,000 plus following. He's got 120,000 followers. So, so his dick looks way bigger than <laughs> ours. That's what I'm trying to explain to everyone. Like a lot of people, I get it. I love your feedback. I know you guys enjoy us. And I know it probably gets on your nerves when I bitch about it all the time. But I'm not wrong. In the big picture, we are nothing. Nothing. Going to, you know, uh, Spencer, this is one I didn't even bring up. I've got contact information for Ashley Eckstein. I'm not going to go to Ashley Eckstein with a 600 following YouTube channel and a podcast that only does 2,000 downloads a month. She would laugh at me and I would have to take it. <laughs> so let's go build the fucking numbers, please. All right. All right. TX Carlo at TX Carlo on Instagram. Beautiful work. The last up for the top five this week is, is, I love is this a shot. figure that gets that got heavily shit on, but I will yes. say that the community has shown up and put out some decent work with it. This mm-hmm. is from at from the outer rim on Instagram. And what we have is a just a crisp Darth Nihilus shot where all, like really all you're seeing is not an action shot. You're just seeing the Lord of Hunger himself robed. His beautiful mask sitting there and just what really gives this shot the pop is the background that from the outer rim put it in. Like you have this incredible night background and you you can just like a blood moon. It's like a crescent blood moon, which which again fits with the character of Nihilus uh, perfectly. I mean, it's like he literally is about ready to start sucking the life out of this world. Yeah. And that is exactly what I was going to say. Like you see this shot and you just know that Nihilus is like thinking of like how he's going to drain the next world he's going to drain or just, it's just a a beautiful evocative shot for this character. And, you know, there's not many characters that you can get away with just like literally robing their entire torso and their entire body and just seeing the face in a shot like this. But Nihilus is one that you can do that and have something that's powerful and evocative. Yeah, no, I mean, this this one works. It almost looks like he added a, or he or she added a custom uh, road, because I'd have to go grab mine, but I don't believe it's that flowing coming out of the box. Uh, the other thing I can't tell here, I, I'm gonna, I'm assuming this was a, a Digivolve. I think so. But it, it looks like maybe the rock was real that he's standing on, and then everything behind him was, was either superimposed or actually just on a digital screen behind the figure. Uh, but either way, it, it's a great portrait shot. I mean, great portrait shot. It, it, as Nick said, it fits the character's persona very well. Yeah. It, it's very it's very stoic looking. Like, he's just sitting there thinking about how evil he's about to get. Yeah. And I mean... You know, stuff like this, like a lot of the accounts that we featured today in the top five outside of Jesse and and, uh, TX Carlo, you know, their lower follower accounts under 2000 followers. This one from the outer rim, 736 followers. I mean, a lot of these people, if you scroll through their feed, you can see them getting better as artists, as photographers throughout their their IG journey. Don't don't do that on my feed because you're not going to see the same growth. You're going to see it just kind of stays the same. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's cool to see you know, accounts like this 
grow yeah, and, and, yeah, and totally. reach their potential. No, I mean, from the outer goal. rim definitely pops up and that very well could have other shots here in the two feature folder. So mm, yeah. uh, check them out. Definitely some some quality stuff to see there. There we go. So now right. we're going into the Matt top one That's pick right. for this week. And Matt hit us with this top one because this is quite a top one. Yeah, this what we're looking at here. And I'm sure anyone in the community is instantly just goes, oh, shit, it's a venomous piece. <laughs> And I say that because I am someone that has personally followed at Venomous. I think his name's Eli Hyder. Hater? Hyder? Hater. For years now, back to my entertainmentbuddha.com days when I would just, you know, anything pop culture or geek, I would, I would share just because I think it looks cool. So other geeks would think it looks cool. Uh, but he's got a very distinct style of art. Uh, it's almost, there's a little bit of vector art in there, illustration, that cell shaded action going on, but I love his style. It's fucking money. Uh, and Venomous, I do believe professionally works with Lucasfilm and, and big companies. So this guy is a real ass painter Yeah, that is really getting paid for his art. Uh, but we're looking at, he, he's doing a portrait here of Bo-Katan and it, 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 it a is a a perfect portrait of the character makes her look even more badass than she did in live action uh but b it it's eli's style right like it just it makes it pop more it makes it edgier it makes it harder looking it makes it tougher looking i don't know it just fucking looks awesome yeah i mean it's him and daz tibbles are really like the two next level like we have a ton of great artists that we featured like well yeah you know, look uh, masso art. art just popped up in here yeah. he's one of our favorites he you know we met him through super scoundrel they're, yeah. they're doing team-ups and yeah savvy and all of these other people that we featured on the show but like the, the like like this the guys the girls that can like actually work for lucasfilm and there's a ton that can but who actually get tapped by you know, the mouse themselves to say like, Hey, we want you to make art for us. I mean, it's, it's next level shit. And venomous has always been one of those guys. I mean, like scroll, scroll in the feed. Like I'm, oh, yeah, seeing, I, I'm on his page. I'm just on Eli's page right now, just to give you a, yeah. a look at some of the other stuff he's done. Like he, but, I mean, like one of the, he, my favorite characters that he does is Kylo. Cause he makes Kylo look so disgustingly incredible. Like right. that flary kind of style he has that like, unstable kind of look to his art already just accentuates Kylo Ren so much more. And, and you know he's a super fan because I'm scrolling down here. It looks like he dressed up as 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 Panda Baba Boba Pan, Baba Panda Baba, Panda yeah. Baba for yeah. Halloween. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's some good shit. No, he's man. he's a badass. I mean he's one that I know he's picked up uh, on us before sharing his stuff, but he's yeah. not like a regular tagger. I mean I can't get Daz Tibbles to regularly tag us at all. Daz Daz uh, like the uh, top five share. No, I, I like I mean I mean Daz they they see your shit. They see when we mention us. They just don't tend to want to play. Yeah, uh, and get on with it. But I mean, that, that's one reason why I'm mentioning Venomous on the show here. It's like another like, hey, we like you. Why don't you like us type of thing? He's got 80,000 followers. He's like, hey, hey I'm not an idiot, Nick. I, I, I know the people to <laughs> kind of get on there and give them a little give them a little rub and tug. You know what Fucking I mean? Fucking look who shows up. The intern at the zero hour. There he goes. The Ooh, running late tonight. That's right. Intern. You got to, you know, you got to unhook yourself from your your gimp bunker. <laughs> on Tuesdays and let yourself out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So Venomous shot is the top one from Matt. Yeah, this we week. gotten in with Jesse. I mean, Venomous, I believe, made Jesse's logo. They're, they're kind of mm-hmm. in like that. I think Venomous has done art for other people. And honestly, Venomous works hand in hand with Star Wars Theory on his channel. Uh, when they do some of their excellent animated shorts that you see on Star Wars Theory, Venomous is the, yeah. uh, I think, provides the art. But Well, if Jesse's got an end with Venomous, then we need to see, since he works for Lucasfilm Direct, Jesse, see if we could set us up with an interview with Venomous on the yeah, show. Yeah, might, Venomous, might, that would be a, a great, a great get. So I'm yeah. going to task that to the Star Wars Time unofficial PR outfit, which is yeah. <laughs> Baron's people. Black Series and and everything kylo so yeah. get on it but yeah. no, i mean seriously at venomous fucking mac daddy uh y- you will have probably seen his art in marvel star wars upper deck cards tops cards lucasfilm pimp right yes, this is about as real ass paint as it gets right here yeah all right matt bring so us into this special honorable mention that you specifically that's right requested. we're gonna bring him on home and and this definitely deserved a shout out on the show uh, our boy Greggy Boy has done some fantastic uh, homages to the Star Wars Time show that we featured. So now it's time to give the same respect, the same spotlight to another fan from the land that is not there down under. That is our boy, the Angry Man Bossajan, a.k.a. Darth Hideous, A.K. fucking A. Star Wars toys with a Z 73. That's right. There he is, my friends. I think he actually did something super clever for us. Yeah. Uh, you're always going to get a mention from me. If you either tell me how awesome I am, how awesome the show is, how great our content is, or if you dedicate your toy photography to the SWTS. And that's what Star Wars toys 73 did right here. And it's a deep cut. Like, this is one, if you're not a longtime listener of the SWTS, you're probably going like, well, what the fuck's wrong here? You guys sent him a, a Star Wars Time Show hat and he's got some figures with it? No, that, that's, not the, that's not the point here. The point is, is, especially for the Land Down Under gang, <laughs> they have been screaming for fucking official Star Wars Time hats for almost a year. I, I think, Nick, we hit the metric way back in april or march yeah, or whatever when, once we hit five thousand followers on IG on, it, is on when instagram we them. nick thought that was a good good milestone it wasn't uh, <laughs> but anyways they kept like we want our hats we want our hats 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 that's all the fucking chat was was hats 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 where's our hats so you know what uh, you know during the pandemic we're getting this that and this relief i'm like you know what? i'm gonna fucking buy some hats build a fucking store for these assholes throw it up on starwarstime.net here we go so I do that. And the hat crowd actually bought the hats. Thank you. They actually paid off on all their whining and complaining. I had to send four of them to Australia using our now busted ass United States Postal Service. It took, <laughs> Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, almost eight weeks <laughs> to go from Columbus, Ohio to where Greg lives in Australia, yes. and then he disseminated them to the other Aussies that wanted 79 hats. days. <laughs> 79 days, which is two and a half months. Right, so that's so, uh, tying it back to Bossajan's shot here, if you actually go past the details, you'll see on the box, he added some things that only diehards of the show would get, such as... 
the address here, P.O. Box 666, <laughs> the land that doesn't exist, Australia. Yep. Uh, what does it say here? Ship, Ship via, via every fucking country. country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm That's pretty because sure... It sat like so the the shipping story is like it sat in the Chicago airport for yeah, like it took, three weeks. Yeah, it took it took almost 3 weeks to go from one end of the Chicago airport to the next. And then it went to Japan. <laughs> and then it went I think it was in another country too. And no, Hong it, Kong. I think it made it to it, it, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong at one point. And then it went to Australia and, and it sat, sat in there. Australia in quarantine <laughs> for 2 weeks. <laughs> So, you know, when it when it really gets down to it, it, it is days. a it is a creative shot. It is a well executed shot. I mean, you have you have Din in his full Beskar with his jetpack fired up. It's kind of like a Toy Story thing. I mean, the, the toys have come to life. They're in Bossa Jam's apartment. They're they're flying the hat, the the iconic, if not infamous, Star Wars Time Show <laughs> official fitted hat out of the box why the child's sitting there looking on so bravo it really was a well done tribute to the show uh not only was it a good toy shot uh, it was creative you got a bunch of like deep cut show references in there so we speak your name there we go that was that was such a good yeah i mean it was such a good composition here i love it so That takes ship us to via the every end. fucking country. I like that postage paid. Yeah, ship via every fucking country. <laughs> oh, I man. told you, man, Australia is not real. It's not real. It's not. If it was real, would it have taken seventy four days to get there? Of exactly. course not. It's not exactly. a real place. Look it up. Flat Earth. All that shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the end of the honorable mention. That's the end of the top one and the top five. And the end of the show. Woo! So, Matt, take us into Let's the dance. do it. All right. And no, I do not believe in flat earth shit. I just like to make fun of morons on air. So, <laughs> just in case you were new and you caught that and that's all you heard, I do not believe in flat earth, but I do believe Australia is fake. Yes. All right. As Nick said, this is the end of the show. And, and sure, shit, we did do our three hours. So, uh, you can keep all your receipts. I'm not letting you return this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. In fact, I'm going to have you do the dance with me, right? We're shimmy, we're shaking, we're doing the moves. And that dance means it's time to get on over to StarWarsTime.net. If you're new, why are you doing that? Well, this is our site. This is our home base. This is where all our shitty content comes from that we rip off from other sites that got the leads. All right. So StarWarsTime.net, that's where you can kind of see what we're doing in between shows. But more importantly, it's where you can go to subscribe to the podcast. If you're not down with the live stream, if you don't have three hours to kind of plop yourself down, insert a thumb wherever you want to and watch our dumbasses flap our gums. We're also on pretty much every major podcast network. Uh, so you can find those through StarWarsTime.net. Subscribe to podcasts. And while you're there, if you're not already subbed to our YouTube channel, we got a nice easy link for you to do that as well. If you're on mobile, just make sure you scroll a little bit longer because the sidebar gets pushed down for your mobile viewing pleasure. Uh, but in all seriousness, we need the followers. We're not one of these channels. We're not one of these podcasts that we don't have a Patreon. We're not asking for handouts. All we ask for is if you like this stupid shit to tell other morons about this stupid shit. It's easy, right? It requires almost no effort. 
And if you are watching on YouTube, please like every video we put out and drop a comment if it moves you. If you listen on the podcast platforms, leave a rating and review. I don't care if you've been a fan forever. If you haven't done it yet, do it. If you've done it on one platform, do it on another because that only helps us be exposed. And look, we had a success story today. I'm not fucking around with the SEO stuff. We have a new follower, hopefully a new fan in Kev's Collectibles because of YouTube recommending our stupid fat faces to him in YouTube sidebar. That happens based on people liking our videos, commenting, because that tells the overlords, the Google bots, like, hey, other people like these bozos. We don't know how that's possible, but they do. So we need to show it to other idiots. All right. And, and we, I use these terms in the most <laughs> loving sense of each one of them, right? When I say idiots, I mean awesome people, all right? So please, I know I, I kind of sound like a, a slap dick as I close out here, and it's usually the same spiel every time. But in all seriousness, getting the notes like from a visual force or uh, I think it was what Mr. O Dizzle here now a few weeks back or people on Instagram. That is what keeps this fire burning in this fucked up little brain of mine. Keeps me going. I can overlook the lack of a following when I know I'm reaching at least one person like, you know what? That was pretty good. I like what you guys do. Thank you. Just as good as money for us right now. Now, if we actually do get a following, I'm going to start wanting fucking cash backed up to the house, dropped into my driveway with interest for shows already delivered. Okay? But for now, you're getting them free. All right, my friends. And why, why do we want people to come here? Because we all know this. And if you're new, you're about to learn it. There's always time for Star Wars time. You can take that to the fucking bank. That'll be on my grave. I'm going to tattoo it on my forehead if I have to. That's a lie, but sometimes I like to get hyperbolic as I close out the show. There's always time for Star Wars time. Don't forget that. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.